plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Well, yes, good morning and happy Monday, everybody. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning, uh, testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three, testing, testing one, two, good morning, uh, hello, 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 Mark Cason's going to be in later on. Do you think that he'll do what, well, that... What Andrea Mitchell did and all the others over the weekend and laud H.W. Bush for breaking his no new taxes pledge. Remember that? It's uh, what cost him uh, my vote, at least. I don't know whether you remember that or not. But, uh, Back now yeah. with Endgame uh, and discussing the legacy of President Bush. You can't talk about Bush 41 politically without talking about the most famous campaign promise, broken campaign promise, perhaps in modern American history. Here it is. Congress will push me to raise taxes and I'll say no, and they'll push and I'll say no, and they'll push again and I'll say to them, read my lips. No new taxes. He broke the pledge in 1990. 
Four years later, Newt Gingrich is Speaker of the House, the Republican Party. It is the seminal moment, you could argue, in the shift of the Republican Party from where it was then to where it is today. But economically, breaking that pledge showed the character and resolve of the man to do what he was persuaded was the right thing to do economically, even though he knew at the time that it might guarantee that he would be a one-term president. And having covered those budget negotiations at Andrews Air Force Base, you know, had Bob Dole and George Mitchell and everyone arguing that you needed to do it. And in fact, the budget restrictions, the so-called pay-go rules that required that if you're going to spend money, you've got to show where, you know, you're going to raise it in the budget, that created the momentum economically that Bill Clinton inherited, built upon with his 93 fair, you know, brave votes without a Republican <laughs> vote. And even into the George W. Bush presidency, we had economic growth. It was a uh, terrible moment for the Republican Party, and it, it cost H.W. the election. Uh, and it did guarantee that he was going to be a one-term president. And we knew that H.W., though, uh, we knew that H.W. in this situation was a person who was a more liberal Republican when it came to uh, the taxes and when it came to the budget and when it came to other situations and other kinds of uh, other kinds of policies and we remember that HW was the person who called Ronald Reagan's approach to the economy voodoo economics and we remember that as well and so HW really ushered in unfortunately an era of republicanism that was a lot more democrat than it was republican uh, on, on a number of different levels i mean i i get it that that H.W. was an individual who was a, certainly an honorable uh, person, in my opinion. He, he, he was a good guy. He was a war hero. And he was, I think if you look at his record and, and his resolve and his ability to withstand the scurrilous attacks uh, on his character, on him in general... I think that uh, he was a good guy from that standpoint, but I'm talking more policy-wise because we've gone through an entire weekend of the other stuff, and so you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play mournful piano music. I I know that we'll hear over the next couple days all about how HW. We wish we'd go back to the days of HW. It'll be another. I hope it's not, but it'll be a, another situation where we have uh we have a foundation where they're just going to use this death to attack president trump just like they did with mccain's death and so but but they did spend a lot of time though really kind of raking him over the coals still even the liberal media and the only good thing they could find about him it seemed over the weekend was the fact that he well, was a war hero, uh, but 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 also that he broke that tax pledge, which was a uh, bad thing for him to do. And the fact that it was an acceptable thing is why we created an entire generation of uh, what 
Todd called, and I, and I, and I believe uh, you're right, uh, country club Republicans. And, 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 and that's where we, where we got for a soon-to-be long history of losses, with the exception of uh, George W. Bush's victory. We had a then a long history of losses after that, but and before that, but nonetheless, you know, you look at forty one and you look at his legacy, and it wasn't, you know, the worst possible lot. I mean, I I, th- I think that that forty one was among the individuals. He was a he was a never Trumper before he was there were never Trumpers uh, because he was among a group of individuals who did not like Ronald Reagan. Uh, they didn't. They they were the George Will Republicans. They were the guys who, when Ronald Reagan came around, they didn't like him. They they didn't want Ronald Reagan around. They treated Ronald Reagan like a lot of Republicans have been treating. Donald Trump, they they didn't like Ronald Reagan around, and and H W lucked out, and due to the loveliness of Ronald Reagan and his character, and his ecumenism, and his desire to have even people who disagreed with him in his midst, H W became. Obviously, his running mate. It was not really unlike. It wasn't unlike when Donald Trump and Ted Cruz went at it. It was a pretty, and that's why it was great uh, that that we, yeah, we had in Father Tom. We had a guy like Bob Dole. My goodness gracious! I mean, that was that was his, the best we had in '96 for Bill Clinton, and and that was just a a a walk away, but. It wasn't. It wasn't unlike the Ronald Reagan, the the Donald Trump and Ted Cruz fight, which is why when they were fighting, I felt like I was able to kind of uh, get past the notion that this was all just a horrible thing for the for the Republican Party. I thought actually, well, we got around. You know, we 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 got around that. I mean, if you could get around. Somebody just blatantly, and, and and again, the attacks on Donald Trump were mostly personal, and and I get that, and and but but keep in mind how damaging it was that we had a situation where one guy running for president was calling the other guy's economic policies voodoo economics. I mean, you get to that point, and that's pretty bad. I mean, you people thought that the Cruz and the Trump fight was bad, but I'll tell you the the Reagan HW animus was pretty clear, and yet they got past that, which was a a really good thing. It was a because in the end, what it did was it prevented the situation that you know, for instance, resulted in the election of uh, Gerald Ford, because Reagan was around then too. But they kind of was they were able to kind of push him off and 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 hold him at bay and and Ford became the president but 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 they couldn't hold off Reaganism for long. There was a huge generation of individuals who were 
ready to vote Republican, who were blue collar, who were people who were in the working class and who needed some relief from the poor economic policies of the left and of Democrats. And Reagan knew that and the Republican Party couldn't hold him off for long. They tried, but they couldn't hold him off for long. Keep in mind, too, that George Will, for instance, said the same things about Ronald Reagan that he wound up saying about President Trump. In fact, I remember that George Will might as well just have just simply taken one of his articles he wrote against Ronald Reagan being basically a traitor to conservatism or whatever and just erased Ronald Reagan's name and put in President Trump's name because that's kind of how how we we got the whole thing going there. And and George Will though to tell you the truth thankfully is uh out of the picture. He's the one guy, he's the one never trumper who finally played his hand just a little too cavalierly. They they finally got one guy a never trumper who paid the price, but that's because George Will was monstrously wrong in 2016 the same way he was monstrously wrong in 1980. He just didn't get it, didn't get the Republican soul, didn't get the soul of America. And so I think that's the one guy who was able to kind of, uh, who's, who we've gotten rid of, who was in ever trouble because we finally kind of got tired of him uh, being so dead wrong. So that's kind of where we're at this morning as we uh, know that H.W.'s body will be lying in state for the next couple of days. We're going to have uh, the funeral on Wednesday. And so we'll see how how it all goes. And we, we haven't quite gotten to that point where they've used his death to beat President Trump over the head with it yet. Uh, but we'll, we might eventually uh, be there soon. They also, by the way, you, you saw a lot of this Willie Horton ad thing. They wanted to kind of, even on Twitter and everything else, they kind of wanted to make him out to be some kind of racist or something. So the, they didn't, they never did like this Willie Horton ad back in 1988. That actually the, the, the Bush story, the story of the Bush comeback. I watched a, a documentary about this at one point, and it was, I think, one of the CNN series of election coverages, election documentaries, which was really, really good. And I can't remember exactly what was said in it, but I remember watching the drama of the HW comeback and it was uh it was uh it was pretty amazing i mean it it was it was keep in mind hw was way way down in the polls when uh, dukakis was running against him and and early on he had almost like a 20 point deficit going into the final months of the campaign i mean it was pretty pretty unbelievable but they 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 started to actually tell the story of HW they they finally started to use ads that 
featured HW, for instance, as a war hero. Uh, let me see if I can find it at least. Uh, I, I didn't expect to talk about this, but but it was it was uh, pretty amazing, and and it, and it started to kind of sink in. Let me just see if I can. Um, uh, uh, let's see, hero ad. I'll play this for you in a, in, in a second. But it was it was um, pretty incredible when 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 they when they started to play it and and started to you know the welfare system has got to be reformed i favor reformed welfare well that was that was a 1992 ad but but it was it was a seminal moment um that that really played out and 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 started the trend it was it was an amazing ad really it was uh i'm a man who saves life in terms of missions Missions defined and missions completed. I will not allow this country to be made weak again. I will keep America moving forward, always forward, for an endless, enduring dream and a thousand points of light. This is my mission, and I will complete it. So that began kind of one of the series of ads and series of, of, of events that put HW in the presidency. I mean, and, and, and it was, he was way down in the polls and then they started to show video and, and ads of him as uh, not only a, a war hero, but also ads like that where he was inspiring uh, and, and he was more of a positive uh, force and it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing. And then the one ad that wound up really being the one that 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 changed everything was the Willie Horton ad. Uh, but but they they claim that the Bush campaign was responsible for the Willie Horton ad when it, it, it was it was actually not really the responsibility of 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 the of the Bush campaign as much as it was uh the Republican Party. And, and and they claim that somehow it was like a racist it was a it was a racist ad on the part of uh of of the Bush campaign. But uh but the 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 re- version of the ad run by the Bush campaign with the Willie Horton they did not use the image of Willie Horton and didn't even didn't even point out that Horton was black. So th- 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 there was an ad that 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 had Willie Horton in it, but the Willie Horton ad that had the mugshot in it was not a a Bush campaign ad. So even then, they they tried to the networks even tried to make a big deal out of this idea that somehow that, that nowadays, in retrospect, that Bush was some kind of racist with the dog whistle, everything else. So they really tried to make a big deal of this. It, it, it's and Britt Hume, thank goodness, was the one who kind of pointed out that you know, hey. Um, the the Bush campaign didn't put that ad out, but nonetheless, it did help him. It did help HW because he, he the comeback of HW was nothing short of incredible. 
and Dukakis just basically imploded. And man, it was uh, something else. But here's here's their coverage of the, the network's coverage of the of, of the, you know his campaign has gotten a reputation for being responsible for the famous Willie Horton ad uh, that was used against Dukakis. In fact, the Bush campaign didn't didn't put out that ad. That was done by a third party group. And this is also a president whose campaign, you know, included the Willie Horton ad. The I mean, so, so nonetheless, this woman, she's probably all of, what, 31 years old. I don't even know who she is. She's on, you know, on Meet the Press. Famous talking, dog whistle talk, ad talking about, you know, until this. The, 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 the famous party dog group. whistle ad. The famous Willie Horton ad uh, that was used against Dukakis. In fact, the Bush campaign didn't, didn't put out that ad. That was done by a third party group. And this is also a president whose campaign, you know, included the Willie Horton ad, the most famous dog whistle ad, you know, until this this cycle. Bush and his allies made up the ground by attacking Dukakis as too liberal, soft on defense, they said, and soft on crime. His revolving door prison policy gave weekend furloughs to first degree murderers not eligible for parole. One was Willie Horton, who murdered a boy in a robbery, stabbing him 19 times. The strategy worked. In the end, Dukakis lost 40 states and Bush was president. Do you think that the Willie Horton ad against Michael Dukakis ushered in a, this is unbelievable. a new era? Because while that is still a bad ad, uh, when you look at it now, it seems tame compared to what kind of ads are on the air every two years. It seems tame now, but... It really wasn't a bad ad. Uh, by, 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 by these standards today, it wasn't a bad ad at all. In fact, it was a good ad. And it was true. So, what the hell? Something that hinted at racial animosity. It was certainly by no means uh, George Bush's best moment in later years. He was not proud of it. The best he could say was, I make a differentiation between campaigning mm-hmm. and governing. In retrospect, he never should have allowed the ad that actually the Willie Horton ad was an independent ad, but there was an official ad that uh, hinted at some of the same okay. things so, they so should the, not the, have done. This guy, this guy knows the truth and still won't tell the truth. He's trying to, again, even though it's not true that the Bush campaign authorize an ad with Willie Horton's face in it and mugshot in it, even though he knows it's not true. But he's going to say, yeah, but they hinted at it. I think that, no, they didn't even put the picture out there. It doesn't even matter in the end. It, it, it still is not an ad that makes somebody a racist. But. but he also had flaws. He was a human being. He made mistakes. And he was, one, he was humble enough to acknowledge those mistakes. There was a series of things along the way you can point, sometimes in his political campaigns. George Bush was a good man, but he was also somebody that used brass knuckles in a political campaign. He was the one that did the Willie Horton ad. <laughs> First of all, uh, it's good to use brass knuckles in a political campaign if you if you actually believe in what you believe in and fight for what you fight in. And and, and President Trump is the one actually who used uh, brass knuckles, and good for him because uh, he made a great deal of headway because of that. But if you believe in something, fight for it. And I don't know brass knuckles. I, what are those, by the way? Why do people? I mean, I know what they are, but. They're just instead of using your fish, you use brass knuckles. It's you, you, it's it's a, it's it's legal, isn't it? Can't you, you? I don't know. I guess they use those in the gang warfare. You know, we're you know, not that many good. The, the Bowery, the the Bowery boys had brass knuckles. I'm gonna punch you. You see my brass knuckles. You see.
in the 88 campaign. That was, uh, that was Willie Horton. That was uh, Michael Dukakis. Flag, flag factories. Yep. It was a rough campaign. Uh, but also <laughs> the ways in which to... Yeah, it was a rough campaign for Dukakis. Man, did he suck. Do you see that? Did you see the... Remember the camp... Uh, Dukakis and his... Uh, and his... Uh, the, 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 the... In the tank... And he's wearing that big helmet, and he looked so goofy in that tank. That was like probably one of his worst, worst moments. I mean, it was. I love. I love the whole history of that campaign because H.W. was not necessarily supposed to win that campaign. He was not supposed to be president. They thought for sure Dukakis had the bag, and that's another example too of where. You had an H.W. Bush who just worked harder than, than Dukakis did. And and they just thought that Dukakis was going to fly right in there and, you know, be, you know, postmodern, he, that he was going to do it and be the guy. And yet, man, it didn't work well for him at all. And again, H.W. worked very hard. It was not unlike President Trump. They really pushed all the buttons and did everything and brought out the old uh, footage of of. H.W. being rescued after, you know, his heroic efforts in the war. And, you know, that really made a big impact. People finally started to get to know H.W. a little bit, and it really worked. But these Bush, the H.W. Bush presidency predicted Trump's are interesting as well. Uh, He uh, famously ran (laughs) on the Willie Horton ad, and Trump just cut a campaign ad in the wake of the migrant caravan crisis that many people said echoed that one. That's a a horrible comparison. I mean, you're talking about putting square pegs in round holes. You talk about people who are just trying to shoehorn issues into other issues. These guys do it all the time. And unfortunately, we're watching people like that guy, again, he's all of what, 30-something, knows nothing really about history, but they know a lot about racism. They know a lot about being able to kind of throw out all these little uh, little canards out there, especially the whole dog whistle thing. And of course, the uh, the dog whistle issue, and I know you, a lot of you are really, it, it drives you nuts, and it, it does me too. The dog whistle thing is is one of those things that you really can't when you when you lack facts to back up your statements about things, you use the term dog whistle because it's really unprovable. It, it, you, it, you know the, the the dog whistle. Do people still use dog whistles? By the way, I don't. Uh, do, do people still? You know, I don't know. I don't even. I haven't even seen a seen a dog whistle in God knows how long. I don't. I don't have a dog, but. I really don't uh, have a. Uh, I really don't have a have a memory of people even using them. I think maybe every once in a while. I think my neighbors had a couple dogs. They'd use a dog, like a little silver or a little you know metal thing that that only dogs can hear. I I don't know. But anyway, when you when you use the term dog whistle, what you're doing is you're admitting you really don't have any facts to prove what you're saying. And to prove that somebody is insinuating something, you don't really have the facts to to back up what you're saying. So you just simply pretend that what they are saying is what you want them to say. So you just say, well, it's a, it's a dog whistle. It's like, well, no, it's really not. It's you just inventing this idea that like now, for instance, Maxine Waters, when she 
told all of her flying monkeys to get out there and attack people in restaurants and gasoline stations and that, that kind of thing. That was kind of the opposite of a dog whistle. That was a woman who said that. It's on tape. She's saying it's pretty clear what she's saying. And there's no r- disputing what she said. When, when the left wants to invent things that are coming out of the mouths of the right, they use the word dog whistle all the time because you can't really prove it. It's like, you know, well, oh, I know, but it's just a secret code. It's code language for this and it's code language for that. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, no, it's just, you don't even know. You, don't, you can't even hear it. But everybody else can hear it. Yeah, but I didn't hear him say that. No, you don't understand. That's not what a dog whistle is. A dog whistle is a sound that only dogs can hear. So while you don't hear him saying that, people are hearing it. It's like, no, that didn't come out that way at all. No, but you don't understand. The people can hear it. But it's not coming out of his mouth. You see, that's what a dog whistle is. A lot of the forces uh, that Republicans in 1988 through 1992 really thought they could (laughs) command. I think you see what the Willie Horton ad and other things uh, of that ilk. It was about crime is what it was. And plus, Dukakis also famously had, you know, answered that question at the debate where he was, uh, you know, what would you do in the case of your wife being attacked? Would you support the death penalty, whatever? And he said no. And they just thought maybe that was uh, – they thought that was a little too much for America. And Dukakis uh, imploded there. But uh, one of the people who considers Dukakis to be an American hero is going to be here in just a couple minutes. And, of course, Mark Kaysen's you know, all about Dukakis, right? <laughs> What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD.
Good morning. I spend my money on Good the regular miracles. Just like you, like me, like everybody else. Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. This is Radio Free Almond. That's right for all of your trucking needs, for all of your hauling construction. Whatever you're doing, Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing is all over it. DDTruckUSA.com, a product of Rick and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the gang out there at beautiful Arrowhead Building Supply. Yes, indeed, everybody. And I was looking at some research just the other day as we prepare for Radio Free Almond 2.0 and talk to some people who are going to be ultimately funding it and that kind of thing and advertisers. Did notice that uh, that my audience at 971, because I, I have uh, actually research in hand that uh, details my audience in very high levels. And so, and a lot of people, uh, even at the time when I was at 971, about 40% of my audience was what could we consider blue collar. People in construction, people in uh, manufacturing, workers, and and the other sixty percent were their bosses. Not surprising. No, really, not surprising at all. It's very interesting research to look at. It was it was uh, curious. They they don't have that anymore, of course. But uh, but yeah, it was, it was a very interesting mix of, of individuals. Uh, You know, both both the people in the management side and the, and the ownership side, and then the working side as well. I think so they're going to be. Amazing. I think they're going to be. Not that they really care, because you know I'm sure they don't care. But uh, to the extent that anybody would care, I think they're going to be quite surprised at what's going to happen when you pull this thing back together on 2.0. And, and push this out across the, the St. Louis community. The stratosphere, my friend. Yeah, I think the audience is going to be incredible. And it's going to be huge from the beginning because, you know, people are going to want to uh, do what I hear all the time, which is they want to hear you back. So, yeah, you're right about that. And, and uh, I, I don't know whether you can see. Uh, do you see this, this cut on my nose? Little cut on my nose. That's from uh, Chinatown. Uh, Remember kinda, that movie? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, it's actually not from Chinatown. It's from me putting my Christmas decorations up. Oh, well, I, I was, I'm the only person who can possibly be injured putting my Christmas decorations. Now, up. I know you remember the 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 knife that came out in Chinatown and oh yeah, you know, yeah, Jack no. Nicholson. This yeah. was this was uh, this was a uh, cut. From plastic, from a plastic Santa. So I, 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 I'm telling you, yesterday it was it was not the only injury that I incurred while I was uh, while while I was doing the 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 thing. And the other injury was very unusual, but I'll tell people about that just later, a little later on. Yeah, that's yeah. what happens when you get involved in all this holiday spirit. It's it's bad. It's very bad. That's but, sort of George Bushish. 
But you have bad, to, bad. But you have to you have to admit though that uh, when it comes to my 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 Christmas decorations, uh, I mean, did you, did you? I know this is going to drive you nuts, but do you, how do you like my my nativity scene? Do you like that nativity scene right there? Well, as long as it's it private, as, no, 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 that's good. It, it's private. It's a plat- that's it's good. A plastic lighted baby that, Jesus no, no, and everything it, else. I'm very as long as it's as long as it's not at a at a government facility. This is excellent. This is all good. Yeah, this is this is being beamed up. Uh, well, it's it's it's. Be, did you see the plastic lighted angel with the with the star there and everything else? I put I put her up on the tree. I put her up on the tree using fishing line. No, that's good. I'm very 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 resourceful. People are supposed to do that in their homes. <laughs> they are. Yes, that's they are. that's how that works. Well, now I'll tell you what. If only we could just simply now then move that to uh, to city hall. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, right. It's really, see. That's the that's issue. My, that's my next. That's my next act. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know. People, do you do you want to put your two cents in on on HW before we move on to other stuff? Because we've talked about it. So no, what do, that's what do you think? that's all fine. I yeah. mean, the main thing to remember is that one of his best friends in the world uh, was Bill Clinton. Gotcha. And and he voted for Hillary Clinton. But I'll add something that I, I haven't heard anywhere else, and it's always good to add something that you're not hearing in other places. You know, you know Prescott Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, Prescott Bush was one of the – and you pointed this out sort of, but you just didn't mention his name. But he was one of the most liberal Republicans ever. So when people talk about how there used to be liberal Republicans, John Lindsay and, you know – People like that. Um, uh, certainly, yeah. Prescott Bush was one of the leaders in the liberal wing of the the Republican Party, and was one of the first to oppose the Vietnam War. Yeah. So you know, there's greatness in that family. That's true. I've always said that much. Well, because I mean, listen, I, I have my own uh, views of 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 H. W. and and his legacy. And I have to tell you, I do, um, I do think to a certain degree that that unfortunately there was a situation where um, where President Bush, when he broke his no new taxes pledge, ushered in a a, a new era of republicanism that I think uh, was damaging to the Republican Party and was more of the. As as Todd pointed out earlier, describe it. I think it's a perfect way to describe it. More of the country club Republicans yeah. uh, and, and that that didn't serve America well. I don't think the Democrats did either, but they they, well, they it was a real problem. So let me ask you: Why do you think it didn't serve America well? Since it what it really ushered in was the era of of a technological revolution that actually balanced the budget, which is something you like, under Bill Clinton. So from 1990 all the way to the year 2000, that 10-year period ushered in by George Bush and then completed by Bill Clinton, actually balanced the budget and did all the things that you guys supposedly love. And then came George W., who destroyed it all. Well, well we, so I don't he didn't, understand. He, he didn't destroy it all. We we had uh, two wars. We had the attacks of nine eleven, and so to to act as if those things didn't happen and we're not a crimp on our budget 
is ridiculous because that's exactly what happened, and, and that's part of what and, – and again, the tech boom was actually uf- ushered in by Ronald Reagan. Uh, he's the one who provided the framework for the tech boom that ultimately uh, Bill Clinton was able to take credit for with his economy. That's the only thing that helped him was the, was the tech boom. Did the taxes hurt? Did the what do you Did mean? Did George Bush's taxes stop the technological revolution in this country? Well, no, but that no, but that, it that, didn't. You, you couldn't because, but that wasn't that wasn't the issue though. The the the, the tax increase was was not, was not going to destroy a budding industry that was actually almost self moving. It wasn't even something that uh, one way or the other needed that. I'm just I'm just telling you that that the ushering in of the tech boom came because of the freedom-loving Ronald Reagan. And also, well, Al you know, Gore you know, says you, it was him, you, but you that's know, okay. You know, you know what also helped the, the, the tech boom, uh, especially in the United States of America, were tariffs. You know that, right? Well, no, yeah. I, I, I won't buy tariffs that. on 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 certain uh, kinds of computer goods, semiconductors, those kinds of things uh, that were coming in from foreign lands are something that that Ronald Reagan ushered in as well. We created but, all that, and actually, it came from government support of universities, and and the tr- and that's the that's a fact. And certainly, we can laugh that Al Gore tried to take credit for all of that. Everybody wants to take credit for it. But really, it was universities and government support that created that, and and not surprisingly, and you could even go back if you want to 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 the uh, to the space program. That that's an additional part yeah. of what created all of this. It all came from government because government is great. That is the <laughs> the government of the United States of America is a great government and has done phenomenal things, we, things that we all love. We, no, we, we, you we, too. We appreciate our government. We just believe that we can cut spending and, and actually the space program would be better off being privatized and we could, and, and we could probably do better and, and would have probably been to the moon faster actually had it been a private operation. But who knows? I mean, I, I, you know, you could, you could bring up, you guys always bring up like going to the moon is the best, is the no, best example. It was okay. Of it was right. good. It did, a, it did a lot in terms of developing the internet. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, that's a fact. Did you, did you see, uh, did you see President Trump walking off the G20 stage, by the way? <laughs> Hold on. Please. Not, Mike, I, what? on I mean, you, we Hang can on. talk policy. We're doing great. Let me just, now you got to the, to the maniac, the lunatic. Let, let me just listen to this. Walks away from the Argentinian president. (laughs) I can't really, it's really hard to hear. Yeah, so, so. It's President Trump saying, "Get me out of here." Yeah, it's well, so, you know, you it's know the so media. Classic. You know the media is baiting him. The, they've been baiting him all weekend. Yes, and they're baiting him this morning. And I mean, every single channel, they're all and and, and the, all the reporters are asking him when they have the opportunity, which he now doesn't want to answer any questions because the only question they want to have answered is they want to know if he takes back what he said about the Bushes and what he said about. HW, and he refused to answer the question, walked away, but they won't let him go. They are, they are pounding on him. And you know something? What? I think it's good. Why, I'm why, happy to why, see it. Why would, why would he take back his comments about HW and no, the Bushes? He won't. 
Well, he shouldn't. He won't. He'll double down on it before this no, week well, is they, over. They want, they want him to double down that's right. on them. I want him want to, to too, because that's what he's about. Well, no, you don't actually, the, the fact of the matter is you don't really have to double down on them. The, 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 what, what he said about them is clear, and, and I do not believe the Bushes were helpful at all in President Trump's pursuits, and I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and bash a dead guy for all of that. I'm going to tell you that, that this is a uh, situation where I, I actually think I, – I, I'm. let's put it this way. I'm not a person who is going to canonize H.W. Bush. He's I, – I don't believe that he was a great president. I, I don't believe that he was a, the best – that Republicans could put forward. I don't believe that – I don't appreciate kind of the, the ways in which he and some Republicans undermine the legacy of Ronald Reagan, uh, even though he wouldn't be Bush 41 if it were not for Ronald Reagan. And so I, I, I'm not I, – I have a hard time playing the dirgy uh, classical music on every outbreak here – uh, on, on behalf of H.W. Bush, but I'm not going to sit here and, and attack him now. I mean, no, he, he you know, pr- he's a good guy. But, but you have, yeah, you have to admit he proved to be a a very nice person following all the presidency and and out of politics. I know just the way you guys I mean, like he wrote him. notes to people and oh, he was. I get it. He was just a. a I good, know he had a great sense of humor and he yeah. pinched people's asses. He was good. You know, he I was know. a good person. I, I know he he was fine. He remember they tried to like get him into the they tried to envelop him into the uh, the Me Too movement attacks on people. Remember they talked about how he uh, one time like pinched somebody's butt or something yeah. like that. Well. You know, a lot of people listen that we've talked about that before. Men are horrible. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Men are just bad people. No, they aren't. Well, they, look at look at look at you keep talking about technology and all these great things that government has done. You realize that the people who were part of this government you love so much and that you want to go back to the days of government being controlling everything. You know, men were the ones who were in charge. You know that, right? Listen, unfortunately, men, that's true. Men were true. in charge of the space program. You know that, right? There are a few good men. I mean, you There can, are a lot of good men no, out no, there. No, Phil Donahue was was certainly the epitome of, <laughs> oh of the greatness of men. Men, you know, men who, who respected women and who respected and other Al, and men Al, and, and people. Alan Alda, too, right? Well, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, here's the thing. Um, the the for you to come back with yeah, but Phil Donahue is a good man. Sure, is ridiculous. Every all I'm saying is, if if you really want to talk about greatness, and you have about the greatness of government, keep in mind all the greatness you're talking about was ushered in by men. I mean, there were there were obviously women who were part of the whole thing. I get it, but if you really want to get right down to it, men yeah. are pretty awesome. We did we did our best. To keep women down in this country, I mean, honestly, we did. I, I, well, some from guys the very did. beginning. Yeah. Well, some some people did, and, and and I don't know what you mean by keeping women down. Well, I mean, we couldn't even agree. We couldn't even agree as a nation to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. Couldn't even agree to an amendment to the Constitution which said women shall be treated equally. It took the Supreme Court 
to create the greatness for women. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. That's why I think precisely was the point of some individuals is that you really don't need an equal rights amendment. You have, you know, the, you don't really have to put something on the books that's already essentially there. You don't have to install that. It's, it's, it's much like you're, you're, you're a, uh, a, a problem in search of a solution is what you – your solution in search of a problem is what, what that is, where it's the same thing with the Robert Mueller investigation. There's no reason why the U.S. Senate ought to be passing some separate legislation protecting a, a offshoot of government and institutionalizing that government. That was the big beef against the ERA. But, 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 but why shouldn't they pass that law when, when the Senate – to protect Mueller – when the Senate by a large number and the House by a large number – would vote for it right because, now because, because they, they would support right, it. Now but, but, the president will not sign it because he's he's a criminal and he knows that his family is all going to jail first and then they're going to come after him. All right, I, but, but I, I know that you're a big government guy and so that you're you're and, and Jeff Flake is a big government guy. Okay, and, and so uh, and he's an obstructionist too. But I, but I know that that's what you want is another side of government. You want another element of government that's institutionalized, and that would be the office of the special prosecutor. But that shouldn't be the case. It's not something that we uh, that, that should be supported. First of all, the president has no intention of firing Robert Mueller and never has indicated that he had any intention of firing well, him. Well, sure he did. No, he, he didn't. Went, he, asked, he asked McGahn, his, his uh, uh, personal yeah. counsel, to fire him. And, and McCann said, I'm not doing it. And then turned around and became a a he flipped and, and went to the the uh, prosecutor with lots of information. Now he wasn't a criminal; he was one of the few who was not a criminal. But he stood up. He sort of right. did the, the 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 John Dean, and and and. But the but the president can't. The, the president really actually can't fire Mueller. Well, except he tried. for malfeasance. He tried. Right, but 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 he can't. Uh, so, so you can say all you want about that. He he already can't. It's not necessary. Even Lindsey Graham I, says, "Let's just get this done." Right. Look let's at you, protect. Look at you quoting Lindsey. Let's Graham. protect Mueller. Okay, I got it. Well, so we got Marcation to quote Lindsey Graham. Sure. So that's that. Maybe so. Maybe it's all uh, for for the better. I want to uh, direct your attention to Europe, though, since yeah, you, that's you a good believe one. that Europe is a uh, is the standard bearer of all things. Well, right? no, that's that's not. Yes, true. you do. No, You've been I, on here before. Well, you, Angela Merkel, who is everybody's cheap imitation of Hillary Clinton, yeah. is like your hero. What what they've done for immigrants is a good thing. Now that's that's it's, a it's, fact. It's destroyed not, Germany. No, well, no, not really. Women can't even it, wear swimming suits at pools anymore without yeah. the threat of being groped by these people. And let's not forget that that Hillary, who I am so upset with, you know, she came out and took your side and said that 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 Germany has to stop doing you know what they're doing to support immigrants, and then came back. A couple of days later, and said, "Oh, I'm, she I made a mistake. Of I, she did. I didn't mean no, it." I know. I know she didn't yeah. mean it. Yeah. yeah. So, but but look, Europe has got a problem, and and the problem is that that they don't have the government that we have. We have the greatest government in the world. It's an amazing system, and and Europe is basically operating like the Articles of Confederation. They've got twenty eight states, soon to be twenty seven, and and what they do. Is is they don't uh, they don't have anybody to run it. 
They 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 allow all, all right. the states here's, here's, to run wait, wait, each, each individual state, which is what you you're, you're want. Avoiding, you're avoiding the issue. Okay, the issue is that people are rioting. It's been the worst riots sure, since the '60s, and they're rioting because they uh, can't tolerate the increase in gas taxes. What they're rioting against, really, ultimately, is an oppressive government that continues to uh, lay all of its inefficiencies onto the onto the the rest of the people who the working people of France and and they're burning things and 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 they're attacking the police uh it, it's the worst riots I'm reading here yeah, I see uh, in, in from the Daily Mail in 50 years sure Mark. it is oh, and, it's and, they're, and they're rioting against the uh, uh, increased taxes for fuel and 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 it, now not too long ago you were very, on this very stage and you were talking about how uh, the the Europeans are so groovy because they all use mass transit. Well, they yes. they do. No, no, okay. wait. They do have the greatest train system. Right. I mean, it, it, and except for China, the TGV, is, it, right? TGV, yeah. But and, it's and, called the TGV. No, I listen. I know French. Okay, TGV. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's French. But, You're but just you, using the French. That's the French you, but, alphabet. But yeah. you, but you, you said that that was an amazing development. Well, of course is it, it is. But do you realize, it, well, it's not. It, it, it wound up, actually, had they spent more money on infrastructure and all the other things they're get, raising taxes for, instead of the TGV, which is awesome, except nobody really uses it. Yeah. Well, we, we 70, could actually, wait, 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 70, we could do both. 70% of the people in France get to work by car. Yeah, TGV, is, TGV is not... For for going to work, that is not a subway. Okay, well, you you insinuated that it was. No, you, I never. Never. It is not a subway. It never no, has been. Right. You insinuated it was. It was ama- an amazing thing. And they do Why have subways. Draw back on f- fossil fuels and all this kind of stuff, and just go with with uh, the TGV. And, yeah. and 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 again, that's not what the French are doing. They they're, they drive their cars, and they are supremely pissed that their gas prices are going to be increased by the government. This you is know a, what our gas price is in California? I have no idea. $3.50 a gallon. That's right. horrible. But 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 yeah. so but, but here so it's what? 2 bucks. Look, if we if 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 we are extremely successful cuz we have a federal government, they don't. I mean, tell me who's the president of Europe? You, you know who that is? No. No, the European Union? Juncker. You mean the U- European Yo- Union? Yeah. So yeah. what? Who cares? There is a, no, the no, point good. is they don't have one. That, good. That that's no, we do and it works. But but Europe is is a, is a is a amalgamation of of separate countries. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it, listen, they're trying to pull it together. They're trying to have it both ways and they can't. No, they I, they, because no, they, they can't. What we do works. The United States of America works. They, it, no. it, it does. It absolutely does. But 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 here's the thing: as is the case with every normal human being, they do not want the shackles of government on them. And this situation in France is a perfect example of how you have a country that is shackling its citizens, and they are revolting. How how this could be a message that somehow progressivism and and socialism is a working thing uh, for the future of America is beyond me. I mean, we're seeing what's well, happening. It's not. 
We're seeing what's happening in France. They're going the opposite no, no, direction. No, but you're right. It's not. Socialism is not the answer. That's not what we're doing. That's not what the left is doing here. The left is moving forward with the Franklin Roosevelt program, which creates a, a protection for people who can't succeed in what is otherwise a very fierce but we already capitalist have, but system. But we already have that. No, it, it, we just it's need, al- it already exists. You, what no, are, are you going to do more of? I but, mean, no, well, but we just need to make sure that old people are, and, and poor people aren't eating dog food. They're not. We're headed back toward it. Because by the, by of, the way, can you give me one example where there, there's a poor person or an old person eating dog food? Well, not in this country. No, no, of course not. Social Security, Medicare, we've done, we've done right. Catholic Charities. I mean, you know, a, a very that's small bologna Catholic charities is, is amazing. That's fine. But no, no, they do good things, but they're a small piece. Medicare and Social Security are the biggest part of the protection that we provide for everybody. Ultimately, though, you can't have a country that is in danger of collapsing under its own weight of its expenses and, and, and everything else. And We're that's not. what's happening right now, which is why we need to be able to actually have a system. See, you all don't appreciate, and by the way, you you claiming that you guys aren't into this more uh, this socialism thing is wrong because the uh, the 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 fact of the matter is that you, people you who you support the most, Ocasio Cortez, yeah. Gillum in Florida, Beto O'Rourke, whose whose biggest um, accomplishment in the wake of being defeated. And, and, and being crowned the next U.S. president or the next great white hope for the Democratic Party, his biggest accomplishment was announcing that he wants some plaque removed from the state capitol, some, some, okay, well, I know. some you Confederate plaque. Which is, you know, but I'll, I'll, minor I'll you, you thing. guys don't have any ideas. All you want to do Ocasio is create Cort- problems where there aren't problems right now. Medicare, everything else needs to be readjusted because if you don't, it's all going to collapse. No, no, you're right. It needs to be re- readjusted into Medicare for all. And and Ocasio-Cortez does not want to have a, a system in which the government controls the means of production. That's socialism. That is not anything that she's even thinking about. She's thinking about the government running the insurance system for Medicare, which is what we need in this country. Look, which chamber? Med- which chamber of government would be doing all that in Ocasio? You're very government? funny. You're very funny. Would it be you know, the fifth chamber yeah, or the fourth the, chamber? Yeah, or? something like that. Look, the, you know, think about insurance, and th- this is why Medicare has got a problem. When you have an, ins- if you're a car insurance company, if all of your people that you insure crash, you're in trouble, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you, you. The only way it works is because most people don't crash. Right. Okay. Well, in Medicare, old people, everybody sixty-five years and over will crash. I mean, you're going to die. Okay. So the, it's it's a problem. You need to have a Medicare system that brings in all the healthy people to pay into the system, so that it works like normal insurance. And that would be great, run by the government, provided to but everybody. But it already exists, Mark. It's no, already not there. Medica- it's, not it's Medicare not, for all. It, it's not, but, it, but it's not. But, the, but all don't need it. Oh, I mean, you, that's oh, the yes. thing. No, you, if if young people don't pay into Medicare, 
Medicare will collapse right, but, but because we, old people will die. Right, but 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 old people are going to die anyway. That, that's and, why and, you and have to fund is, it no, 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 properly. No, no, no. You, you don't have. It's already funded. It's all. There, there aren't any problems with Medicare right now. Well, sure there you, are. You, no, the, Medicare is no, headed for a disaster. The, well, that's because it's mismanaged. It's no, not. No, it's because properly. old people will die. No, it's, it's not. It, Social Security is the same example. Social Security was never intended, to, first of all, to be. A, a full salary for people. It, okay, was, it, it, it was it was always supplemental income. Okay, okay? it's still SSI. supplemental. It's and, still and, supplemental. And, 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 the, and the problem is right now the government has already spent the Social Security that is supposed to be due people right now, and 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 that's been the biggest problem is we never had anything that was specifically earmarked, and so we're all paying into the Social Security system. And the government's just simply spending the money. So the reason why they can't ultimately stop Social Security, which they ought to, they ought to, they ought to ultimately phase Social Security out and allow people to, to keep their own income and, and keep their own uh, system here and, and be able to uh, keep their own money because they're the ones who, who are the best stewards of it. And, and so if you're – I'll just lop it off at, at 50 Okay, anybody 50 and, and, and younger, stop paying for Social Security. Stop taking it out of their checks because they, they won't be receiving it. But the problem is, though, they can't do that because the money they're taking out of my check right now is not being used, saved for me. Okay, It's, so, being, it's being used for other people right now because so listen, they don't have the money. Listen to what you said. You said that people are the best shepherds of their own money. Yes. Okay. And and that was proven when? During the Great Depression? Is that when that was proven? See, because that's why we did all this, because it was proven that we couldn't do it, that individuals were not the best shepherds of their own money. Individuals needed the, the government to protect them, and so we do. And, and, and it's true, the system has grown beyond what it originally was. But if you read the Wall Street Journal this weekend, which you may have, but if not, I would ask you to take a look. They're saying that Social Security can be fixed in a number of ways. One would be increasing the the tax from 12% to 18%, which would fix the entire system. It would be devastating. Not, oh, please. It wouldn't even, you wouldn't even notice that the money was gone. It would, it would, I wouldn't notice. You wouldn't notice. That's the problem. That's, no, a, that, that's even, the problem is, is we have these systems where you, uh, you, you, you get – you have a system where you, where you, where you, it's just not feasible. Uh, it's it's not managed properly, and 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 your brother's on here. So see, Mark Jamie wants to get rid of. I do want to get rid of Social Security. I mean, I I do believe that we can we can. The only reason we haven't gotten rid of it now is because they're taking money out of paychecks now to pay for people who they took money out of their paychecks. 40 years ago, but spent the money. Yeah. That's not, that's not an adequate system yeah, right there. It, it, it's not good because you all, your side, wants to put all that money into missiles. And, and so that's there's a fight over whether we spend the money for military or we spend the money for people. Well, let me, but, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. Uh, the, the reason why we actually spend money on military uh, in the first place is because it's one of the few things – that the federal government is tasked to do, the, the few enumerated powers of the Constitution. There's nothing in the Constitution and certainly nothing in the enumerated powers of the federal government 
that that dictates that we even pay for such things as education or for that matter food and shelter for people that that's never been the government's role as mandated by the constitution only as mandated by the supreme <laughs> so, court so well in, in in no it depends on whether well you you'd, 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 what you'd have to do is you'd have to continue to take the Hamiltonian view Correct. of the general welfare yes. clause, and, and and that's what the Supreme Court has done in the past. Even though Hamilton was a liberal, and and that and that proved to be a disaster. That interpretation of the general welfare clause, Madison wrote it and says he never intended that to be the use of the general welfare clause. It's got us to where we are. I don't care what Madison. What it, the, it made us all of this, all of this fight. All this tension between the two sides has brought us to the point of being the greatest country on the face of the earth. Well, I, I don't. I don't think that, that that's what makes the country. Well, how do you know? Great. Well, uh, you, how, I mean, it, prove it, a negative. Your, your view, just because, just because the government uh, douses individuals with free money, doesn't mean it's the greatest country on earth. We're, we're the greatest country on earth because we have uh, saved the world from despots and and, and saved the world from uh, Adolf Hitler. That's right. And because, and because we defend our values in our borders and, and because we're and, strong and then, economically and also our diversity, which we have been able to support – and the only reason why people aren't in the streets killing each other is because everybody has, or most people now have, a stake in the economy. And thank God for President Trump, oh, who is opening the doors for more people than ever to have be stakeholders in our economy. You have the lowest black unemployment rate you're going to find anywhere in the land uh, in, in history. And that means more people are able to take part in our economy. That's what makes this country great, is our, our unique and our individualism and our constitution, and indeed our diversity. And the money that we spent for all these veterans who you love, when they came back from war, because they did save the world, and then we, we sent them all to college for free. We paid them. We said, here, take it. It's free. It's yours. Go to school. And they became this great generation that made this country even greater because of technological development and people being educated and highly able to do the things that we need them to right, do so, so to keep so, this so going. You're, so you're saying that because we did it for the military, yes, we need to everybody. do it for everybody. everybody. Okay. But you realize that then what would happen is we'd have fewer people who were able to hire these individuals coming out of free college. Robots. Because they're too busy taking, having their money taken robots. from them by the government. The robots will do all that work you're talking about. No. I just want... That, that's, we'll, we'll have a country... We, listen, it's coming. Robots already it's do coming. a lot of the work. We, look, at, look, at the, look at the automaker till, line. Yeah, and wait till you see what they do before this is over. And and we could have, and hopefully we will, a country of highly educated people who are so busy finding in, interesting and productive things to do in right. our country that they don't become criminals. Well, you know, listen. See, that's the way to stop crime. Educate everybody. You know what would help, Mark, though, is, is what happened is our government is inviting people over here on these uh, H visas yes. to come over here and compete with their own citizens. Educate so, them. So let me tell you something. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll make a deal with you then. Scrap the entirety 
of the green card visa program, which basically is one of the major contributors of our illegal immigration problem, because these people come over here and they are uh, they overstay their visas, everything else, but also they come over here, they're cheap labor, they are then uh, competing with with our own citizens all because of some weird fantasy that was developed by the Obama administration and by the left that we needed more diversity in, in this country. So uh, the, these, so if, I'll agree if we shut the door, because it's this idea somehow that a bunch of people from India and China are coming over here because, and, and we're inviting them over there because they're smarter than Americans is complete bull crap and everybody knows it. So uh, shut all that stuff off, and then we can expand perhaps uh, programs for educational opportunities for our young people. I'll go ahead and agree with you on that level just to see how it works. But let's start by stop stopping inviting people over here with the express purpose of competing with our own citizens. Well, and you might be able to do that if you didn't. You know, the Clintons if, if, were the wait, ones who started you, all that. You might be able to do that if you didn't vilify Everybody in the world. I mean, you. We could be passing money out through the United Nations to these other countries, which we've always we already done. Do which we've always. I said right. which we've always done. Right. Very effectively, and 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 help them to be successful in their own countries, and and that might be a way to do this. We don't, and, well, and then well, we no, could no, agree. No, no. Well, why, so no, no, no. We're going to grow the government just the way I'm you not, said. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not with gonna, you. I'm not going to agree with you on this oh. idea that we start writing checks to other countries. We, we do, do it. And it's not our responsibility to develop the economies of these other countries. All I'm saying is we have a system that was in place. And you, you know that you know Hillary, uh, during her time, she was over in India and, and, and the whole Clinton Foundation, all these guys over in India, promising these people – that we would continue to open the doors for them to come over to the United States here and compete with the with the graduate from Rala and everything else. There's a reason why the people who graduate with engineering degrees and tech degrees from Rala are 28 years old and still jobless, and that's because of our government. So again, if you if you if you're so high on education, there's no sense in educating all these people, and then and then and then having an import of individuals from foreign countries to compete with them. That's one thing the greatest generation did not have. So for all of your talk about educating the greatest generation, how they were able to succeed, they were able to succeed because their government hadn't quite gotten the idea yet to invite people over here to compete against them, which is what our government's doing right now. Because we were sending the money to other countries to build the other countries. We rebuilt Japan and Germany. We took our greatest enemies and turn them into this this very highly productive group of people that don't want to fight anybody. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking. You're not answering my question. Are Ger- I, I, do Germany and Japan want to fight us? No. Uh, Germany and Japan we can't fixed fight it. us. We no. fixed it. No. The, the we Germ- fixed no, it. No, Japan's just too busy making pornography and oh, and, stop and, and, and drawing pictures of, and, and of to- cartoons and Toyotas. having sex. And Toyotas. Oh, and Toyotas, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, we'll, but, which will sell some of those. But, well, in, in, that's that's another example of a government program that didn't work uh, and, and, that, and that should go away, and that was the subsidy of GM. Uh, that was another situation that uh, you're, un, under your view – if the government just kind of keeps pumping money into something, 
it's bound to work. So you have you have the government bailing out GM. In return, GM is forced to make these ridiculous Chevy Volts that wind up being too expensive. The subsidized electric car that you always talk about that you don't you never bought, yeah. and, and that Obama, by the way, never bought. Yeah. And let's not forget that that same government protects your money at the bank, so that unlike in the 1930s, uh, if anything goes wrong. Your money is protected. Well, I don't. I mean, what do you so, think? I'm going to sit here and, and debate. No, the you're going to love it. With you, no. But I'm saying you you I love mean, the government when the government takes care of no, you. No, I mean, I I don't really I don't really feel like I don't really want to have to to have my money. You in have the bank. no choice. Otherwise, well, you have to have your money somewhere. Well, I mean, I I really don't. I would rather have. I mean, I'd rather just have it in my in my in a chest. Of drawers someplace, I'd feel safer with it there. Well, we'll just give it to the government. I mean, there's They'll no reason why. The, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm making a certain level of yeah. interest or whatever. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a commerce bank customer, and I, I it's the worst bank in in the country. I have a problem with them too. Oh my god! I mean, yeah. you, have you ever tried going into their lobby I, I once in a while? I I've tried to do business with them. I can't. They're, I sit there. I sit there and watch commerce bank. I sit there and go to my uh, commerce bank. I sit there and stand literally stand there. In a line while I'm watching tellers shuffling through busy work they have to do. It's absolutely the the worst bank. Commerce has got problems. It, yes, yeah. definitely do. They they yeah. need well. Their biggest problem is they 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 refuse to like hire people, which is it's like every single branch is some kind of ghost town. Yeah. It's An- unbelievable. Anthony Shahid can tell you all about all of Commerce Bank's problems, especially in the black community. But that's for another I mean, day. I'm, I'm glad it's seven fifteen. I'm, 7:15, I'm glad they're local, but I'm yeah. but 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 boy, are they an awful yeah. bank? But let me say this: you know, capitalism ultimately will prevail, and if I don't get out here and take care of my capitalism. I'm right. have and, a and capitalism will prevail, and as evidenced by the whole GM thing, nobody bought. And as evidenced by Solyndra and everything else, the government cannot be. And now, listen do Do I think the government should take that? That we should do everything we can to take care of the people who can't take care of themselves. Absolutely, I'm completely in favor of that. There we go. But 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 and and Medicare is not one of those programs that I believe that we ought to get rid of. Whatever. But Social Security, which is which is paying people three to one, it's it's an entitlement program. There's no getting around it. Uh, needs to be revamped. Twelve, and, and, twelve and to eighteen percent. Eighteen percent, and we'll all be fine. Well, no, you just you're just throwing out eighteen percent, twelve percent. I'm just a Wall Street like Journal. Lou Albano. Wall Street Journal. No, all right. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Be be good, Jamie. I love you. You do great, and I can't wait for 2.0. And uh, I think I think you know you're going to surprise the entire radio market in this city in a way that's uh, going to be very powerful, capitalistic. That's I yeah, love it. That, that's that's what it's all about. And, yes. and and you're gonna and and you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna be part of that capitalist system that I'm going to be uh, that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be taking my fair share out of your. Uh, well, that's your okay capitalism. because somebody has to be in control at the top. And and listen, Radio Free Allman. You hear that name? First of all, it's a great idea. That was a great name. Yes, thank it you. really was. You know, do you realize that Radio Free Allman actually was my Instagram name? That I put up, put up there. Uh, hell, um, probably when Instagram first came out, and I first signed on to Instagram, I put Radio Free Almond up there. And so when it came time to do the do do more, uh, I was like, "Well, let's just use that." 
Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. And 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 again, Radio Free Allman. You hear the name Allman. And you know, people who don't understand capitalism make a very big mistake. They're all it's just like the United States of America. Somebody needs to be in charge. Okay. And you know, Allman is in charge. And and that's the way companies that are great work right. where you have somebody in charge who's got a vision and knows what they're doing. Wow. You and, just and defined president Donald J. Trump. He's going to jail. He's not going to and jail. And you and I are going to visit him there. But I, can't I will be, wait. but I will be in charge. We're going to have, ra- so, have a, we're going to have a, some TV camera with us where, whichever it is. And we're going to visit him in jail. The whole family, we're yeah. going to see their whole family there and they'll be like at the zoo. No, and, it's like and it is. So it'll you're, be a great trip. I can't wait. Well, thank God for President Trump who's going to be yeah. the president in, elected in 2020. You Ocasio-Cortez. Guys, yeah, bring yeah. her on. See you later. And her three chambers of government. <laughs> oh lord, Jesus. Ocasio-Cortez. Dummy.
person who could possibly be injured like me. Doing Christmas decorations, but yesterday I I, uh, <laughs> I was injured twice putting up there. And it was just these really dumb little things that, that, that happened to me. So uh, the first time I started, I was getting this uh, stuff out there. The first time I started was uh, was... It was a little cold outside. It was a little windy and everything else. And I didn't have any gloves. I finally got I got these gloves. Actually, they had they had these uh, gloves at Home Depot. I finally did buy these uh, husky gloves, and uh, finally did buy those. But in the meantime, I had to grab some old uh, gardening gloves, you know. And well, let me just see if I can let me see if I can find some Christmas music for you. I can play that. Shouldn't be playing nine inch nails while I'm telling you Christmas stories, should I? I, think I used to have a purpose. Let's see. Uh, 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 uh. Let's, just, let's play some Johnny Cole, shall we? Here we go, a wassailing. You want to go a wassailing? It's a was, wa, wassailing. Let's go wassailing, everybody. Here we come, a wassailing. Oh, here we come, a wassailing. Now, here we go, a wassailing. Here we come, a wandering. Well, it says the title of the song is Here We Go, a Wassling, and it looks like Here We Come. Come to you, and to you, your Wassel, too, and God bless you. Is that where people go and they, and they, uh. Is that where they go and they drink and then they go and, and, and they go and sing and carol? Or is that it, maybe that should be here we go? The master of this house, likewise the mistress too. And master of his house, you guys like that? that the table go, love and joy come to- That's it. So anyway, I'm 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 grabbing these gloves. They're like they're like these gardening gloves. And I just found one pair laying around the backyard they're really kind of old so I grab these gloves I, 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 I put one on and I put the other one on and I uh, and I grab a couple of my plastic lighted ornaments that I, I have and love I'll put a bunch of that stuff on the uh, uh, I'll put a bunch of that stuff I'll, I'll, I'll pictures up on the on the website but so I put the gloves on and then I I uh, Take out, take out one of the Santas that I, one of my many plastic lighted Santas that I have, and uh, the kids are helping me, and I'm, but I'm, I'm pulling some out too, and uh, and maybe, maybe actually, maybe it was the shepherd from the from the my manger scene. I don't can't remember. Either way, I'm pulling this stuff out. And I'm going, oh, I can't believe this. This this glove must be so hard. It's like it's like uh, sticking into the middle between my fingers here. Like my middle finger and my other finger. I'm going, what's going on here? So I, I finally, it's hurting. I, I, I put the stuff down and I pull the glove off. And there's this yellow jacket bee right in the middle of my finger, stinging the crap out of me. And I'm going, oh my God. Like, oh my God. How, can this, how is it possible that here in winter I'm being stung by a bee, first of all? And then there's a bee apparently living in this glove. Which, you know, if I were a bee, I'd probably crawl in there. What else are you going to do when it's, you know, 30 degrees and you're a bee? What are you doing? So apparently the bee figured, well, if I just climb into this glove, 
then I can live in this glove for a little while and all will be fine. But I have to tell you, though, um, and, and it was fine. I'm not allergic to bee stings, so that was fine. So I put a little Band-Aid on, it was fine. But yeah, but yeah, he certainly did like that little glove. I don't know whether you, you, that glove's not going to keep you warm when it's like below zero, though. So he he was on limited time as it was. But man, I pull I pulled that glove off, and it was um, it must have. St- I don't know how many times they can sting you. I don't know, but it was it's right in between my fingers here. And I actually, you know, what, what happened is I didn't actually smash it. I, I just wanted it off of my hand. I, I've, and I went back, was going to take a picture of it, but I couldn't find it anymore. But I, I, didn't, I didn't, like, stomp on it in anger. I just uh, spushed it off of my, my hand. I was like, gee whiz. And then later, I don't know whether you guys are like this with things. Yeah, it did hurt. I was, it was amazing, but it, didn't, it doesn't hurt anymore. But, boy, it hurt all day yesterday. That B, and then uh, the the other one was uh, later on that evening. Then, and this is where I actually uh, got a bloody nose uh, from my plastic lighted Santa. So I have a cut on my nose from trying to get the back. I was trying to get the back off of this thing uh and it wasn't there was something it was like the one of the screws was wrong wrong on it or something it wasn't it wasn't working properly i couldn't get the thing i was like a plastic backing and i really sometimes don't really need the plastic backing so i was taking a screwdriver and just trying to kind of push the backing out uh there and uh and and it i guess it just kind of um got away from me a little bit and i wound up uh breaking the backing and it shot up into the into my face and cut my nose and so i'm i'm sitting there with all my plastic santas and and i didn't really know that i was actually bleeding i did i just thought maybe it was just like it hurt my nose until i saw like blood dripping all over the place and i was like i was like really bleeding like something fierce i was like man that's for that little cut there so um Yes, I am one of the few people who gets injured doing doing that kind of thing. I don't know whether you guys do what I do with these the backings, these screw backings. So I don't know. Having three little kids, I do a lot of this more than more than most probably is. Uh, you know, unscrewing the backing of toys, or sometimes I, I like these some of these plastic lighted candles, you know, and things like that with the batteries on them. But for whatever reason, they have the the backing on them. That the the and the battery case, and there's always just like a tiny screw that is keeping the battery case uh, door closed, and that screw really isn't necessary. It's 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 uh, you, you know, if you if you have an adequate little clip that puts the uh, yeah really Lisa I Lisa I have the visuals. I mean I'm literally bleeding all over my. You know, my yard. It's like, really? I got injured by one of my plastic-lighted Santas? That's kind of a short way to go to it. I'm, I'm really, it actually is a lot more um, complicated than that. But those backings, if you just, just humor me for a second. Those backings, uh, they have the, the, the battery ca- case. It's like the, the AAA batteries in there 
or the double A's or whatever it is. Then they have the backing. Then they have the, the little clip there that you can open it up with. Well, they have a screw also on the backing. And that screw isn't necessary. I don't know why they put it there. They really don't have to have it if you have an adequate backing anyway. So usually what I do is if I can't get that screw off, I just break I just break it, break the whole door off and you know, and put it that put it in that way. But I guess that but then why do they have to screw everything in? It's it's over it's over screwing is what that is. Speaking of uh hey Kay. Sarasota, Florida, right? How is it in Sarasota, Florida? Did you see the uh, radio station in Cleveland that has decided they're not? We've been through this before. You guys know, having having listened to me, and and I've done this story uh, before. And that is the uh, the reassessment of baby. It's cold outside, and. and and apparently it's uh it's you know it's either um um rapey or whatever here let me let me find I, i'm trying to play my lou rawls version but um but i can't i can't play it it says it's unavailable so um my favorite version actually is uh is dean martin's version of baby it's cold outside here we go my kind of christmas here. So we've, we've been through this before where this came up, I don't know, a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago. And the Baby It's Cold Outside, there's these people who redid a version of Baby It's Cold Outside to make it more politically correct. Because they say that, you know, in the wake of the Me Too movement now, baby, it's cold outside is uh, is inappropriate. It's it's uh, it's sexual harassment. It's a guy trying to drug somebody and 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 keep somebody, you know, in in the house. And so and uh, drugging somebody, meaning giving them a drink, which isn't really drugging somebody. But they have the. uh they they have this whole scenario where this is all about sexual harassment, but the, it, that's that's so baloney, uh, and and it and it's uh, it's really way over the top. So this Cleveland radio station decides that they're not going to uh, they're not going to play this song because it's reeks of sexual harassment. Now, obviously, this Cleveland station is probably, in some ways, uh, trying to bring attention on itself, and so that's kind of how it's rolling. But this, this, especially the Dean Martin one, I love the Dean Martin version of it, is seemingly, um, is seemingly so innocuous, and, and, it's, and it's, a, it's somebody just wanting to kind of hang out with somebody and saying, hey, it's too cold to go home, Cabs aren't going. Hang with me. We'll sit by the fire and, and hang loose. It seems perfectly okay to me. I really can't but stay. baby, it's cold outside. Got to go but away. baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop so in. I'll hold your hands. They're just like I. I mean, just because fat slob Harvey Weinstein 
and and disgusting Les Moonves and name any other Hollywood liberal is out there harassing young women and attacking young women and and groping young women doesn't mean that Dean Martin's song can't be played. Dean Martin didn't do anything to anybody. Lou Rawls didn't do anything to anybody. Beautiful, what's your Listen to the fireplace roar. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Put some records on while I pour. I mean, these people are just flirting. This is just a little back and forth between two people. And this version is actually the great one because it's got, you know, all the little, you you can imagine the kind of like little bouncy girl chorus. And you've got Dean Martin there. And Dean is, you know, is is not in, in any way, shape or form, you know, he, well, certainly he's 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 not uh, Harvey Weinstein. Let's put it that way. And he's just kind of a playful guy, and you know. Baby, it's bad out there. Say what's in this no dream? cabs to be had out there. I mean, come on. I wish I your eyes are like starlight now. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. Mind if I move in closer? What's the sense of hurting my pride? Baby, don't hold out. Baby, it's cold outside. Love this girl chorus too. You could just imagine them like uh, a bunch of them, like in a chorus line or something, and they've got like fuzzy white hats on. I wonder if there's a video of this. You know, fuzzy white hats. Kind of going back and forth, and there's Dean Martin. I, you know, perfect. I think I saw. I think I saw Andy Williams sing this once when he was in town here. He had his Christmas special, and Andy Williams was really something. He had an entire suit, this, this satin red suit he would wear. I think they sang this song almost like the the Dean Martin thing did. And I, I, one thing I noticed about Andy Williams is he's a tiny guy, but he had a big head. But he's a groovy guy, or was a groovy guy. God rest his soul. I simply must go. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is no. Baby, it's cold outside. The welcome is How lucky that you dropped in. Look out the window at the stone. I mean, if if it were Bill Cosby singing the song, it'd be a little bit different. Hey, baby, it's cold outside. It's like, oh, or Harvey Weinstein. Baby, it's cold outside. Like, yeah, no. Gosh, your lips look delicious. Waves upon the tropical shore. Gosh, your lips are delicious. Never such a blizzard before But baby, you'd freeze out there Say, lend me a call It's up to your knees out there You've really been I thrill when you touch my hands How can you do this thing to me? Think of my lifelong sorrow If you got pneumonia and I Get over that old out Baby, it's cold Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, that's just 
couple people in the fifties or forties flirting. That's pretty much that's pretty much what "Baby It's Cold Outside" is. And Dana wondered why it's a uh, Christmas song. And usually these songs, some of them are just kind of like uh, are just you know, it's you can imagine it being kind of like in the season and snowy and maybe I who knows I, I don't know why it's a Christmas song. But I love the song. I think it's great, and it's playful, and it's innocuous, and there's no reason for people to uh, to ha- for a radio station to decide they're just not going to play the song anymore. And they did, uh, and they and it made a big splash. But this is kind of old news. We've seen so much of this before, where uh, you know, even to I, there was some hipster couple that made it that made a a revamp of it. But I'm not gonna. I don't know. If you want me to, uh, if you want me to, uh, yeah. Leslie's trying to hit on her. So what? She's 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 being playful with him too. What's wrong with hitting on people? You know. I mean, what what are you? Unless uh, and you're 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 what you mind what you mind your own liberal base there because they're the ones who are raping, punching, shooting people. Okay. So you you guys you, you don't worry about us, Les. Okay, worry about your brother Mark and your your whole ilk out there, your left wing ilk out there. Because the only the the, the the you're lecturing us about hitting on people and about uh, comportment is ringing hollow, considering all of your left wing buddies and how they can't keep their friggin' hands off of people or their their uh, you know what's from rubbing on people. And and from uh, attacking people, punching people, whatever. So I w- if I were you, Les, I wouldn't be the the standard bearer on Radio Free Almond's Facebook page as, as the guy standing up for women. We don't believe you guys anymore. So just so you know, no no lectures on on male comportment from a leather liberal. Thank you very much. Yeah, your buddy, your buddy. Why, why don't you take your Why don't you take your uh, your 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 case to your your buddy Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Who 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 now is, of course. I I hope that it's I hope that he is considered to be uh, innocent before proven guilty. But again, whether it be allegations or whether it be true acts, if if I were you, I would I would focus more on your ilk here because uh, Alex deGrasse Tyson, who uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is a who is loved throughout the entirety of the left he they love him because he's you know mr global warming all that kind of stuff he says that um he now there are multiple women who've made allegations against him ranging from handsy behavior to rape pathios.com is publishing accounts from two women who say that Tyson behaved in a sexually inappropriate manner with them. Tyson was host of Cosmos on Fox in 2014, and a new edition of the series was to air on National Geographic next year. Uh, He hasn't commented publicly, and again, he's presumed innocent. The allegations at this place called Pathios of this outfit involved two different women, and they met at some Long Beach thing and... She was a professor of uh, physics and astronomy. Oh, by the way, she's a professor, so automatically she's to be believed, right? Is that if 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 you apply that standard to the Kavanaugh debacle, right? So uh, after taking a picture with Tyson, she says he noticed the large tattoo of the solar system on her shoulder and down her arm. 
He began turning her around. I mean, you, you, you get the picture here. Apparently, uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, is, is, is accused by multiple uh, women, and they say Tyson invited her to his apartment to share a bottle of wine. She agreed to meet him for a glass of wine, feeling she really couldn't tell her boss. And at that time, he was, he was her, her assistant, his, his assistant. A uh, flat no on the invitation. When she arrived, things got weird. He put on a copy of uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. No, he didn't. Upon entering her his apartment, Tyson allegedly took off his shoes and shirt, remaining in a tank top undershirt. That must have been attractive. Hey, he's, he's like the, the black Harvey Weinstein by that, that, that point. Sitting there in a tank top undershirt. You know how women love that when you're a big when you have a big fat stomach. Unfortunately, the night only got more awkward as Tyson, who was married, reportedly put on romantic music and replayed the most graphic parts. I would love to know what that music is. Because let me tell you something. I bet it's not baby, it's cold outside. Can we have a can we please put out an APB on what music Neil deGrasse Tyson was playing and, and, and how he replayed the most graphic parts. Because I, I bet, I bet, I bet it wasn't uh, baby. It's cold outside. But if you all could please fan out and, and, and find out exactly what music Neil deGrasse Tyson might have been playing and then replay the most graphic parts. I I I I want to know what that is. So so uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson apparently, and again, uh, I presume, uh, I presume, uh, I presume innocence before guilt here. So upon entering his apartment, Tyson allegedly took off his shoes and shirt, remaining in a tank top undershirt. Unfortunately, the night only got more awkward as Tyson, who was married, reportedly put on romantic music and replayed the most graphic parts. Watson says Tyson started talking about how every human being needs certain releases in life, including physical releases. And so he was talking about how he couldn't be away from home, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Watson says Tyson asked her if she needed any releases, and she responded with a story about sexual harassment. So she's like, at that point, when he's trying to talk to her, like, hey, you know, she was, no, I was sexually harassed. It still didn't stop him. It still didn't stop him from, from doing his rap on her. So uh, th- there are a number of people, and, and there was a story that was actually uh, – Last year, that this Pathios uh, outfit printed out about an allegation against him, but it really kind of went totally unnoticed on on this. It, it wasn't even it wasn't even uh, it wasn't even brought up in any kind of realm. At least I didn't remember it. But I wasn't focused on all. I wasn't uh, focused on all that. A lot of this is coming out. A lot of this whole. The reason why this is even being talked about is because of the the Kavanaugh thing. So the left, once again, has, in its stupidity, raised a beacon on its own self. Because we hear allegations all the time about certain people, and always 
want to presume innocence before guilt on these individuals. But it's funny how every time, even with Avenatti, when, when he was accused of, uh, of physically assaulting somebody, the first thing out of the mouths of most conservatives was, we should presume innocence before guilt. Which is, which is clearly something that was reinforced by the way in which the left handled the Kavanaugh situation. And, and, and there were people out there who never presumed innocence on the part of Kavanaugh, very few of them at least. And in this case, uh, in fact, just took everything as, as gospel. Just, by the way, because the woman was a professor, by the way, not not only because of that, but but may, a lot of it. Well, she's a professor. She would never lie about something like that. Oh, really? Well, there's a professor here accusing Neil DeGrasse of some heinous act, uh, and, and does, does it automatically mean she should be believed because she's a professor? No, of course not. We don't know whether any of this kind of stuff happened, but this stuff keeps coming up. And, and and the media keeps on basically ignoring it. You realize this this uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's a famous guy. I mean, he's brought up on a regular basis to attack people over their stances on global warming and and man made global warming. And he's 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 a pretty heavy duty gunslinger when it comes to uh, the the politicizing of our environmental issues. He's a pretty heavy hitter. And it's and it's kind of surprising that doesn't get a lot of attention. And again, do I want it to be headline news? No, I don't think it needs to be headline news. But keep in mind, it certainly is every time somebody gets in a situation like this, um, you know, you're, you're seemingly just depends on the politics whether you believe somebody or not. And and Neil, and Kavanaugh, because you disagree with his stance on abortion or anything else, and because he's a Republican, you vilify the guy and you presume the guy to be guilty. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what the left did. It was all because they disagreed with him politically. Tara Lynn, I know, and Krista, you know, uh, you should listen to Baby It's Cool Outside this morning. It's It's a great, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a great song. It's a fun song. It's not a rapey song. There's no there's no coercion. There's no nothing. It's it's just two people flirting and saying, "Oh, but I really have to go." You know what? If she really had to go, she'd go. And if he really wanted her to leave, he'd tell her to go. Come on, they're both just kind of wanting to hang out together, and it's a, it's a fun uh, it's a fun fun song. So. Relax, people. Relax. I, I, can't, I don't know why the, the – I wasn't allowed to play the, the – iTunes wouldn't let me play the Lou Rawls version. It's, that one's pretty good too, but it's, it's not as good as the uh, – you know, you, it depends on how it's sung too. And Lou Rawls did, did a good job with it. Uh, but, some, I mean, but, but if people start to do it and they make it into too much of a salacious song, then it kind of goes uh, – uh, go south on you, but but the uh, but the Dean Martin one is is certainly not bad at all. In fact, I I, I love I love his whole take on it. 
fact, I'm going to play it again because it's so good. I'm telling you about Nutrition HQ. I really yeah, Tara, baby, it's leave. cold outside. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop so in. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. I love how he's like beautiful. What's your Listen to the so nutrition HQ. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Please don't hurry. How? Oh, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned this, Carolyn, about the Rat Pack. Remember when, 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 when during the Kavanaugh thing, they were like attacking President Trump and saying, yeah, it's just like the Rat Pack, you know, over the whole sexual assault allegations, everything else. And uh, yeah, Linda, I one time did a spoof on this for Christmas. It was it was uh, it was. Um, Oh, I can't remember. It was when I did all the political songs for the Almond Report. Uh, I can't remember what the what the actual uh, lyrics were. I wish I could. I think I could find them someplace. Remember, I did all those uh, voiceovers sung to the tune of, and it was it was in December of. Look out the window at the I think it was December of 2015, actually. And I sang the songs on the uh, Almond Report and did and did all kinds of different takes on things. I gotta find those. It's been so long. But I was thinking about Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, and what a great program that Air Force veteran Ricky Hall can put together for you for weight loss, trim yourself down, get yourself chiseled back up. And, and the holidays are a tough time. Uh, in December, you're doing all kinds of things that are taking you away from your workouts. Maybe tempting you a little more. You know, my, my buddy Jeremy North, for instance, uh, dropped by the house a, uh, from 360 IRA because he's my IRA, my finance guy. He drops by a uh, great, beautiful cheesecake. And, uh, oh, did they turn me off? Take me off for that? They pulled me off for the Dean Martin thing, huh? Wow. Yeah. Why would they do that, though? What, uh, who does that? I wonder if, I wonder if that's, um, it's weird because I played a different version of it from a different album. I wonder if it came through because of that. I don't know. I mean, I, I it might have been because I, I uh, it came from a different, uh, different album. Because the other one I played, I, I played and I stopped and started, but I, then I then I also did a, um, I played it from the essential. Now that's what I call Christmas, and and I, there were two versions of it. I said I had a Dean Martin, my kind of Christmas album, and then I had a now that's what I call Christmas. The essential now that's what I call Christmas, and they must have maybe maybe it's because I played it off of that particular venue that they pulled it off. We're back up now. Yeah, sorry guys, we're back up now, so you can you can come back. Um. But anyway, remember that they, they when they were 
bitching about the whole Kavanaugh deal, and they were going after, you know, and they brought up President Trump and and that whole thing with the, uh, with with the, the uh, grammar by the you know what thing that that video or that audio, and they 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 tried to make it out to be that somehow this was all into one. I mean, here they are staring at a Hollywood. Uh, and a left-wing culture that is as rapey and sexual assaulty and sexual harassy as it gets. I mean, the media, even the even the media culture. I mean, how many people? Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose and all these other people who've uh, dropped by the wayside, and, and and they're staring all this these people in the face, and yet Donald Trump is the problem apparently. Or, or they have to make up things against Kavanaugh just to kind of get their their point across. But the reality is that uh, they they had to fake the Kavanaugh thing when when the reality was all around them, and and, and that's uh, crazy. And, and so what they did was they were like, "Yeah, this is just like the Rat Pack," and I'm going, "Who in the Rat Pack was ever accused of?" sexual harassment or sexual assault or whatever. Can, can anybody name anybody who's ever been accused? And Dean Martin certainly was never accused of that. Dean Martin was never, was, was never part of that. So I, uh, by the way, I, a uh, couple things are going on here. I, I, I got to get everybody back up on the Facebook page here, but I also wanted to make sure I also mentioned again, I was on a, on a path there with Ricky Hall. Uh, and, and he's got winoline and virilitat for the guys. So winoline is more of a um, fat burner, and it is a really uh, an awesome product. And then virilitat's a testosterone booster, but he's got the female version as well. So for all of you who want to uh, who who, who want to kind of protect yourself throughout the throughout the holidays, and the example I gave was yeah, the temptations are there. Uh, my buddy Jeremy North from 360 IRA delivered a pie to the house. Nicest guy in the world. It was a little, little holiday greeting pie. He's my financial advisor and a good guy. Dropped a cheesecake, a beautiful cheesecake. I had a little piece of it. Um, Aiden devoured the rest of it, which is fine. But it was really, really good. But, you know, generally I don't really eat that kind of stuff uh, on a regular basis. And uh, But that's another example of how sometimes you're going to pop off of what otherwise would be a solid diet and or a solid eating pattern, and suddenly you're kind of like eating cheesecake when you normally don't. Those kinds of things will add up. And so you need to make sure that you're always maintaining every kind of benefit or every kind of uh, – every kind of – avenue that will keep you healthy and keep you straight and keep you on on target for your uh for your holiday season and and beyond and the new year. So you want to make sure you're uh you're you're ready to rock and you want to make sure you're you're basically protected by any of these uh these uh other kinds of outlets out there where they're going to be basically making you uh heavier or taking you off of your game. Winoline, Virilitat, and then the other side for the ladies is fantastic. I guarantee you Ricky Hall is going to set you up. I want to make sure you mention my name when you go in. It's right there in beautiful Rock Hill 
and it is uh, right there in Manchester and McKnight. And you also can shop online as well. And I don't know whether Ricky has a path for you if you're a uh, Radio Free Almond listener where you can actually go online and use my name. I'll have to, you know, I'm going to probably develop with him maybe a, a, a coupon code that uh, that he can he can use and um, and and do it that way. Uh, but he's going to make sure that uh, you're you're set up uh, for for all that. Uh, hey, Steam Fitter Chris, I saw your wild boar on your Facebook page, man. That looked really good, dude. I'm sorry we never went fishing, but I think we could still go fishing in the end. So I want to let you know, um, all's good, Steam Fitter Chris, and congratulations on the uh, on the wild boar. It was awesome. So make sure you get to NHQ. Uh, NHQ.rocks is the website. It's Nutrition HQ right there in beautiful Rock Hill. Uh, really appreciate that. And also Chad Hansen's on the Facebook page as well. Just to let you know, I, I actually am getting out into the yard. I had all the guys come and get all the leaves out of there in preparation for the decorating I did and uh, went out there. I'm still not, I'm only kind of half done with my decorating and because uh, yeah, I do it up. And I noticed though some branches falling uh, after we had a pretty windy day over the weekend, you might have noticed the same thing. If that's the case, there's a really good chance that you need your trees deadwooded and pruned, and nobody better to do that than my buddy Chad Hansen. Hansen's Tree Service, hansenstree.com. You see Sarah Palin's response to Joy Behar. Fast being called a bitch by this guy. Riding high through the mountains, climbing, twisting, turning further so, from my home. So Kid Rock is on on Fox and Friends or wherever it was being interviewed, and uh, and he and he is was going to be the. Uh, Nashville Christmas Parade Grand Marshal, and I think this might be. Let me see if let me see if I I can find it here. <laughs> yeah, he referred to Joy Behar as a bitch. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that necessarily on live television like that. And, and, and I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really, really, really go there. Let me see if I can, let me see if I if if I think this might just be a report on it, but he was ousted as the as the Grand Marshal. Everybody except I say screw that Joy Behar. Everybody. So yeah, so that was Kid Rock being interviewed on Fox and Friends, and he basically had a drink in his hand. He was he had been drinking. I don't know what it was, but he had been drinking. And he said, screw that Joy Behar bitch on, on the, uh, on the air. And, um, and of course, Steve Ducey's, you know, they're, they're all, Oh no, you can't say that. It's like, here's the deal with this. This is what the problem I have with these people who have people on and then freak out over something they say on the air. And, and, and I'm like, okay, you can't have it both ways. Don't have you, – you know who Kid Rock is, right? Have you ever seen the guy interviewed? You've talked to the guy. It's like when Hank Williams Jr. was on and he was going off on Obama. They all freaked out like, oh, this is crazy, blah, 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 blah. This is nuts, you know. Uh, and this is the, – the, you, you can't say that about Obama. 
and and it's like, well, you have Hank. You're interviewing Hank Williams Jr. about Obama. What what do you think the guy's going to say? And 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 Fox and Friends can't have it both ways. You're down there with Kid Rock, and 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 you you obviously know that a lot of your audience likes Kid Rock, so you're exploiting Kid Rock as it is. Because, you know, a lot of us like Kid Rock and think he's amazing and, and think, he's, and, and think he's, he's a great musician. And I do, actually. He's very talented. I saw him in Cleveland when I was there for the, uh, for the National Republican Convention. And, uh, and, and he performed one night. And, man, that was great. He was really good. I wasn't always, I wasn't always a Kid Rock follower. I just didn't. He just didn't. I it wasn't on my radar all the time, but in in watching him perform, I was like, "Wow, this guy has uh, has a lot going on. He's very talented. He's very multi talented, but he's got a mouth on him." I, mean, I I saw him when I was at uh, George Jones's funeral. I went to George Jones's funeral, and Kid Rock and George Jones actually did a duet, and and Kid Rock and George Jones were very. Uh, good friends. And Kid Rock told a few off-color stories about him before performing at George Jones's funeral. But that's how Kid Rock is. He's got a, he's got a little bit of a mouth on him. He's very he's a big Trump supporter. He's uh, very flip at times. He's Kid Rock. I mean, you know, and but he's he was the Grand Marshal of the uh, of the of the. Nashville parade and, and believe me do you think Joy Behar gives a flying rip about Nashville or the Christmas or Christmas for that matter or a parade probably not so why are they canceling his grand marshal job because he did that on on the on the Fox and Friends show of everybody except I say, screw that Joy Behar. Everybody. Rolling Stone reported Kid Rock has been removed from his duties as Grand Marshal of Nashville's 2018 Christmas Parade after his remark about The View co-host Joy Behar prompted outrage. Thank you for your sexy computer voice, lady. We appreciate that very much. You think it's actually a, a computer or is that just like a, is that a real woman? I don't know. Anyway, so... He was he was removed as the as the grand marshal. Well, uh, <laughs> here comes Sarah Palin, who decides that she's going to uh, put out a, a message on her Facebook page that says, "Buckle up, save the crocodile tears, Joy Behar. If you can dish it out, you can sure as heck better. You sure as heck better be ready to take it in." Palin went on to say, you sat idly, downright giddy, idly by and downright giddy as guests on your show called my daughter a hooker. You said worse about me and other women, but I've got other things to do than spend precious time Googling it all. Joyless B, suck it up, cupcake. And, and, and actually, she went ahead and put a link to uh, the report on, on The View where Sandra Bernhardt, Bernhardt, who actually, you know, I've, I've actually always thought that Sandra Bernhardt was, was um, 
was relatively funny back in the day, but she's got so she's got so uh, gotten so crazy lately and so political that she she's kind of lost me. But anyway, she's on Joy Behar had actually had a uh, had a, her own show. I, I think maybe she still does. Um, but here's uh, on the Joy Behar show on HLN and, and, and Sandra Bernhardt Bernhardt is on her show and, and said this about Bristol Palin on, on actually the the show. Your hands can do incredible things. They can turn broken. She didn't say that. That's a commercial airing before the clip, but I'll get to it in a second. But, but that's, but, but Sarah Palin is more than just trolling Joy Behar. She's saying, girl, how if you're if you're so butthurt about all this, try going back in time when when you sat there and let Sandra Bernhardt uh talk about about Bristol Palin. Sandra, were you ready to shoot the TV last night? <laughs> I twittered for the entire two hours. Did my you? eyeballs were falling out of my head. I said, first of all, I said candor and ebb would not allow this. You cannot, you cannot be part of a Palin. This is, this is from, they're, they're referring to Dancing with the Stars, where Bristol was on uh, Dancing with the Stars. And so that's what they're talking Legacy about. Legacy and, 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 and dance to, to Candor and Ab in a cage. Yes. <laughs> Bob Fosse turned over in his grave. <laughs> she said that. Uh, like, I know. What about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers? They, 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 they're dead, you know. What? Uh, <laughs> they died last night. Yeah, they died again. They came back and died for the third time. But um, what's her name? Bristol on Today's View said something like, uh, I wasn't listening that closely. How, how did she get to know to do The View? I don't know. They have their own plan. This chick is such a hooker. <laughs> she got on a flight after losing So Joy Behar is laughing uh, hysterically as Sandra Bernhardt is calling Bristol Palin a hooker. And, and so now suddenly Joy Behar must be defended at all costs to the point where Kid Rock has to be kicked out of the Nashville Christmas parade because of all that. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty unbelievable. Anyway, I mean, listen, if I'm Kid Rock, I'm not I'm not saying that in that context. I mean, he is the Grand Marshal of the Christmas parade. I would have probably have left politics out of it. But keep in mind, he's Kid Rock. All right, you, you 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 chose Kid Rock as your Christmas parade grand marshal, and you Fox and Friends you had had him on your air live, and he's drinking whiskey or doing whatever he's doing. Um, this is what you're going to get, and if you don't like it, then stop you know pandering to your audience and having Kid Rock on saying, "Hey, here's Kid Rock, everybody," because you know most of the audience they actually like. They, they actually like Kid Rock. That's why Fox and Friends has the guy on. Remember I told you last week about uh, Bruce Springsteen. And, uh, and, and, and as much as we have, um, have, have talked about him, I talked about him last week. And, of course, as you know, I still love his music. Uh, but he was way over the top in his criticism of President Trump. But keep in mind, as critical as he is of President Trump, Listen to what he had to say about the Democratic Party, and he's exactly right. 
Mark Kasin, I've been telling you this same thing over and over again. Bruce Springsteen said in a recent interview that he thinks President Trump can win a second term, saying that Democrats have no obvious, effective candidate to beat him in 2020. He says, I don't see anybody out there at the moment, the man who can beat Trump or the woman who can beat Trump. You need someone who can speak some of the same language, and the Democrats don't have an obvious, effective presidential candidate. And and that's, you know, for all of the criticism of of uh, of Springsteen and, and and what he had to say about Trump and and how he doesn't like him, he's at least honest also about the Democratic Party, and they really don't have anybody. In order for it, you realize that even when when Kasin was in here, you realize the thrust of their commentary now is all about health care and Medicare. I mean, would, during the during the Senate race between Hawley and McCaskill, I'm like, where did this Medicare thing come from? All of a sudden, where did where where did save our Social Security come from? The President Trump hasn't made one uh, one gesture towards changing any of these programs. Not one. And and the whole. Uh, Pre-existing condition thing is something that that we all uh, that the very few people don't support. I mean, it's 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 a it's a no-brainer for a lot of people, but but the reality is that that the uh, the, the the Medicare Social Security issue is just a is a is a red herring for these guys because they have nothing else. So they have to then create this atmosphere where we're gonna where Republicans are gonna come and take all your Medicare from your mommy and daddy. It's like, no. There hasn't been I I'm trying to figure out where that gesture even came from, where they they suddenly came up with that whole thing because it must be because they don't have anything else to to talk about. Because in order for Democrats to even make any headway at all against Republicans is they have to be more Republican and they're, and they're not going to be that way and they have to be more Trumpian and they're not going to be that way either because President Trump has stolen back the middle class, the working class, the blue collar, the manufacturing workers. He's stolen them back from the Democratic Party. And 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 whether or not they're going to stay through 2020 is is another uh, is another issue. Oddly enough, I saw an article the other day from somebody at this plant in Ohio blaming President Trump for the closure because he didn't fulfill his promise or whatever. It's like that's GM. This is GM's fault that this plant's closing. This isn't Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump has given has 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 created an economy here where if you're not thriving, that's your problem. That's something you're not doing right. And GM's a perfect example of that. They're selling cars that people don't like. And they're and they're and the cars that and the SUV that people tend to gravitate towards all across the the spectrum when it comes to brands, they're building that one in China. So this lady who they say has been a 25-year union employee of GM, blah, 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 is, is wrong. And, and, and why, why is it, instead of criticizing President Trump, why didn't she get out there and criticize GM for building an SUV that people prefer in China? 
They could come here to the U.S. and build it. So anyway, uh, again, if if President Trump, uh, there there was a uh, there was a situation where President Trump has created an environment where everybody ought to be able to play in it and succeed in it, and GM hasn't, and 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 that's the reason. But anyway, so in order for them to to win in twenty twenty. They have to, first of all, like use that lady and just lie about GM and what happened there, which I don't know, maybe they will or maybe they won't do. But they, uh, they, they also, though, have to then become Trumpian, which they refuse to do. So now you're seeing them just muttering all day long about, about health care and about Social Security and Medicare, which right now, in fact, it's uh, – the the, the 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 biggest problem is that, that that actually Republicans aren't following through on what they're promising to do, and and by the way, even if they were revamping Obamacare, the coverage of pre-existing conditions was not one of those things that would be going away. And and they haven't they haven't made a run at Social Security or Medicare, and it's and it's actually too bad. Paul Ryan at one point. Remember when they were running with Romney at one point, Paul Ryan, those guys, they did talk about reorganizing and revamping the social security system. And boy, they were, you know, they had pictures of, they had commercials of, of, uh, of people being pushed over cliffs in wheelchairs and everything else. And it was like, that wasn't the point. They weren't taking social security away from existing 80 year olds. That wasn't happening. It was about revamping it and creating a system so that it didn't collapse under its own weight because it, it, it was not funded, essentially. So anyway, Republicans are too scared and too, uh, too timid to really actually do the dirty work that's needed, and everybody knows it. But anyway, Republicans are, uh, Democrats are going to have to be more Republican to win. They're not going to do it and not going to win. No matter who the no matter who the the uh, candidate is. Meanwhile, on the Daily Show, uh, on on uh, Comedy Central, there, the Daily Show Trevor Noah featured Al Gore mocking Trump as a famous scientist. Um, and, and keep in mind. To my knowledge, Al Gore isn't a scientist either. But this is how it went on global warming. And by the way, somebody talked about Al Gore as being a um, a, a possible candidate for president again. There's no way that's going to happen. He's he's too old. He's too. It, it, it's it's just not going to happen. And Bill points out Paul Ryan's almost gone. Yeah, he is. I mean, how? Bad do you have to be in terms of your abilities to be a leader to be Paul Ryan, who was at one point a vice presidential candidate, to be all but diminished in his power and his involvement now? I mean, less than 10 years later. It's pretty amazing, but that's Paul Ryan's fault, not anybody else's. And that's the kind of that's the kind of anemic leadership we have. Paul Ryan shouldn't be be playing outside of the Republican Party now and 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 going by the wayside. He shouldn't. He was running for vice president in 2012. 6 years ago. 
He was running for vice president, and now suddenly he's disappeared. That's your Republican for you right there. And and meanwhile, we got to put up with these Al Gore types and everybody else. who They won't leave. I mean, there's a happy medium, I think, to be found there. Al Gore with Trevor Noah. It's really significant, Trevor, that Donald J. Trump is now the face of climate denial. His voice is the voice of climate denial. And there are those who are still giving him their loyalty and trust, and I get that, believe me, but the vast majority of Americans, not to mention all around the world, are really kind of, they've had it with the constant craziness, if you want to call it that way. I think we do want to call it that way. And, and when he when he's the, the it'll be a rough next six years for these goofballs principal global face of of climate denial i think that's a cue you know in physics there's this uh, well-known principle for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction right i think that some of the mobilization that is really building we saw it in the election three weeks ago with, with the blue wave i think part of that is a reaction to what Donald Trump is saying and doing. There will be an opportunity, a little bit less than two years from right now, for people who've had enough of this stuff to register and vote in large numbers and make a statement that we want to get back on the track to the real America and the real American dream. Yeah, you get back on that track, buddy. Knock yourself out. By the way, Al Gore doesn't look as bad as he has in the past. Like, remember back in the day, he uh, had this big, he was like 700 pounds and then had this big beard. He looked like he like lived in the woods someplace. So I still think that Gal Gore is probably too old and washed up to be uh, to be the next presidential candidate. But I wouldn't count anybody out at this point. And, and Gore could be just uh, just that guy. Uh, Bill had mentioned that the, the swamp is draining. It is. It, it's self-draining, which is kind of good. Uh, and 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 it, it is. Um, and so Paul Ryan, although Paul Ryan could have righted himself and become a little bit more of uh, of of a Trumpian Republican, uh, young enough and certainly is smart enough to have uh, been a guy who could make uh, some kind of. Uh, movements there but the problem is there you you can't get them on board because they don't believe this you know paul ryan is a globalist he he liked the trade deals that undercut the american worker he was supportive of that he was okay with the paris accord he would he sat idly by and watched Obamacare thrive. He sat idly by and watched sanctuary cities continue to be funded. He watched, sat idly by and watched Planned Parenthood continue to be funded by the federal government. He sat idly by and uh, watched as they did nothing about lowering taxes. He sat idly by, in fact, while the tax thing was going on and kept suggesting lesser cuts. I mean, so maybe... It's true, unfortunately, for Paul Ryan is that he just was not a true believer. He was not a guy who uh, who actually could 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 believably manifest anything Trumpian. So he's got to go. That's just that's just kind of the way it is.
looking forward to the next couple of days to see how much they're going to utilize this uh, this death of HW to uh, promote and continue on this uh, never Trump stuff. I don't know whether they're going to do that or not. So far, um, I mean, there's been a little bit of it, but but you know. The left has a hard time. They, they, they've been pulling out all the Willie Horton ad stuff and 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 trying to trying to make it out that 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 actually he was a bad uh, a bad guy. Um, and so they, they so but but later on, once all that dies down, they'll now uh, turn to uh, turn to probably elevating him to sainthood. And, and and throwing because anything that they can get to Donald Trump on, they will, and uh, and it's the same thing with the whole uh, border situation. I mean, they, they the, the media lied to us and, and lied about who these people were. I mean, ABC News thankfully was the only one that 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 said that there were six hundred convicted criminals among. This group in the caravan, they were the only ones who reported that. And just over the weekend, they arrested a convicted murderer who was involved in this group. And, and that before that, they arrested an MS-13 gang member. And so, you know, there are two things here going on. You could say, well, yeah, but that's just one MS-13 gang member and that's just one convicted murderer. And I'm asking you to simply look at things in a reasonable scenario and say, okay, so you're telling me among the 5,000 people there, they caught one MS-13 gang member, and that's the only MS-13 gang member? That's, that's, that's the only one? That's what you're trying to push off on me right now is that that's the only MS-13 gang member. Now, there's a possibility that it's true. It's the only MS-13 gang member. That's a, that's a possibility. But what are your gut instincts about that? That you have 5,000, I don't, I don't even know the number anymore, that you have 5,000 people coming up, coming through, and you have the one MS-13 gang member and that's the only MS-13 gang member in the group? One convicted murderer. That's the only convicted murderer in the group? And in fact, the, the media continues to avoid uh, one of the critical issues regarding the caravan itself, and that is the false coverage of the caravan as just being loaded with poor, innocent children and women that by by doing that, they created a scenario that would be an attractive place for anybody of a criminal nature or anybody with nefarious goals uh, of getting into the United States. So if you can imagine the conversations among the criminal elements and, and, and among these uh, criminal uh, deportees and all these other people – how how they would talk amongst each other when it came time to decide whether or not to kind of immerse themselves in the caravan. So if you're with a bunch of people, and let's say the MS-13 gang members are all hanging out, or the convicted murderers or convicted criminals are all hanging out, or the deportees are all hanging out, 
What do you think they're saying to each other? Don't join the caravan because they're on the lookout for criminals. Or would you say join the caravan because they're not on the lookout for criminals. Everybody in the media is purveying the caravan as a bunch of just young children and innocent, lonely women who are coming up for a better life in America. Yeah, it would be it would be it would be B because that's what we saw all throughout the entirety of this coverage, with the exception, as Chris points out, of MSNBC's live report where they actually had to admit they're mostly males, and they did. But keep in mind, the media is culpable in aiding and abetting criminals, convicted murderers and MS-13 gang members and others, and people who've already been deported. They're aiding and abetting this movement of these people back into the United States because of the false story they're telling about who these people are. And again, if you're a, if you're a, a gang member or if you're somebody who has nefarious kinds of intentions, of course you're going to go in, you're going to adopt, you're going to immerse yourself in a caravan that's being portrayed by pretty much everybody in the media as just a bunch of happy-go-lucky uh, you know, safety dance people following the leader. And, and when, in, when the reality is that's actually far from the truth. And yet if you're a criminal element, you're benefiting from the fact that they're not telling the truth because at that point you're going, Hey man, they, they're making all these guys out to be a bunch of happy go lucky family people. Let's join them. Cause they're not going to catch us. Whereas if we were more critical of, of who's in the caravan and trying to point out who was in there and being more uh, on target about telling the real story, maybe it wouldn't be such an attractive place for these criminal elements. It's like it's kind of like you know what happens when you put a sign out that says uh, gun-free zone. Well, if you've got a gun and you want to hurt somebody, you're going to the place that's called a gun-free zone because – the other people there who are abiding by the law aren't going to have guns. And so you're going to go to the place where you could be you have a little more of a guarantee that there aren't going to be people with guns. Same thing with the caravan. You're going to immerse yourself in a caravan that's portrayed as a bunch of hippy dippy, happy go lucky people searching for the American dream, as opposed to joining a caravan that's portrayed as having six hundred plus criminals in it and be on the lookout, these people are dirty. Just saying. Didn't stop the media, though, over the weekend from going hog wild over the whole Trump's racist. This is Hallie Jackson in Washington, where the president is now defending how U.S. agents protected the border, firing tear gas at migrants, including the mother who spoke with NBC News about shielding her kids. I told you, remember I told you? The Friday before it all became a big deal, that that Reuters photo with the woman with the... uh, Anna and Elsa t-shirt on with her two kids, she was going to be the focal point around which every single news organization was portraying the caravan and the people actually, even there, even though they're showing people banging and shaking the fence, right? And hopping over it. They're still acting as if this woman is a victim of Donald Trump, as opposed to the people who are causing the trouble. 
if these people weren't banging and climbing over the fence and shaking the fence, this woman wouldn't be running away from tear gas. But they just don't but they just don't get it. Are you comfortable tear gassing children like what we saw at the border? Uh, they're not, as you know, they're not. Uh, they had to use because they were being rushed by some very tough people. Yeah. Why, why don't why don't why don't why does this woman ask uh, the, some of the people who are shaking the fences? Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable putting a woman and her two children in potential harm's way because of your illegal acts? Like, will a reporter ever ask anybody about about th- something like that? Were you are you comfortable with 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 jeopardizing the safety of women and children by acting like a bunch of thugs? But they'll never ask. So it's always President Trump. Actually, President Trump is is remarkably patient with a question like that. I'm I'm you know for for all of the criticism of him, man, does he take some lumps from people? With, with their loaded questions and everything else, it's pretty amazing to watch him uh, be patient. You know, it, because really, somebody asks you a question like that, you're like... Uh, this is Hallie Jackson in Washington, where the president is now defending how U.S. agents protected the border, firing tear gas at migrants, including the mother who spoke with NBC News about shielding her kids. Are you comfortable tear gassing children like what we saw at the border? Uh, they're weekend? not, as you know, they're not. I mean... President Trump takes that question, I mean, the patience of Job, because, you know, lesser people would be like, uh, excuse me, the people who are, you know, or or what have you. But she, she asked the question and, and President Trump took it, as he always does, the most accessible president since, uh, well, heaven knows, I don't I think there has been a, a, a more accessible president than, than President Trump. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get into something here that's uh, that's going to be a little bit I think interesting for some of you folks, and it's the latest from uh, it's the latest from from the Pope, and, and, and I'm and I'm I'm going to just simply tell you that a lot of it has to do with. In my, based on my knowledge of of being actually in the in the I worked for the Archbishop here for about nine months back in 2004, and it's an interesting development with Pope Francis saying there is no room for homosexuality in the priesthood. That's an interesting statement he makes because uh, that's going to that's going to cause some issues. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you why in just a second. But first, I want to let you know that Naputi Wellness, NaputiWellness.com, Eric Naputi is uh, your guy for all things holistic, natural, and effective when it comes to your health. So let's put it this way. And by the way, it's fun to go and and see. The brand new digs there at the Champions Village, which is uh, really great, man. The 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 batting cages and all the youth sports focused activities there. On top of that, sports medicine. 
for kids and athletes in general. I mean, the pros are going to be going there, but Dr. Pudi, the official medical director for the Stampede, which is uh, in town here. I'll, I'll tell you more about that. i got to get him on the air about that because I think that's fascinating. But anyway, Champions Village, beautiful, right there in Fenton. Look it up. I've already liked the Facebook page. If you can go on there and like the Facebook page, too, that would be great. But congratulations to to Dr. Deputy for uh, that wonderful development because it's a beautiful place down there. I, got, I brought some cigars for Dr. Deputy. And actually, it was a box of cigars. And it was a box of cigars that Dr. Deputy actually gave me at Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there on Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. Great place. I got to get down there soon. Mention my name to get a free cigar, by the way. Gigantic humidor, 84 different craft beers, multitudes of different liquors. I'm 80, 180 plus uh, different kind of liquors. If, if, you've, if you've had that special bourbon or that whiskey or that gin someplace, you know the name of it, but you can't really find it anywhere at one of your liquor stores or whatever. I guarantee you he's got it. Thanks to the boys over there at uh, Southern Glazier, uh, the uh, liquor distributor here in town. Great operation. Looking forward to working with them more uh, on a regular basis, too. They're going to be part of the resurgence of Radio Free Almond 2.0. So I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm covering a lot of bases here. So I brought the cigars down because I, I actually never opened them. I haven't had a. <laughs> I love this song, by the way. I uh, I regifted the, 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 the cigars to him. I have to admit. I kept I kept them in my I kept them in my uh, car. They, they they were they were cold. I kept them kind of they weren't exactly in a humidor, but I I uh, I went ahead and. Uh, and left them for him. But great, great establishment there. But uh, Deputy has uh, two locations in South County, right off at 55, and then, of course, in Chesterfield as well. Great people. They love him. He takes really good care of his people. And whether it be ADD, ADHD, PTSD, migraine headaches, stomach issues, sinus issues, whatever it happens to be, you want something that is... Uh, a painkiller that isn't an opioid-based painkiller, he's got it all for you at Deputy Wellness, DeputyWellness.com. And Eric is uh, going to be a big part, too, of the uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0. All right, so Pope Francis has said that um, uh, it's an upcoming book, and, and he... Uh, says in the book that it's a mistake to downplay the seriousness of homosexuality, Pope Francis said in an upcoming book, insisting that homosexuals have no place in the priesthood. I got news for you, Mr. Pope. They're all over the joint. I'm just saying. In the book, the Pope recounts an interview he had with missionary Fernando Prado, who asked him whether homosexuality was a, uh, was a problem, suggesting that it is not a big deal for priests to be homosexual since it is just an expression of an affection. That's a mistake, Francis replied. It's not an expression of an affection. It's consecrated 
and priestly life, in consecrated and priestly life, there's no room for that kind of affection. The pontiff reiterated church teaching that people with that kind of ingrained tendency should not be accepted into the ministry or consecrated life. The ministry or the consecrated life is not his place. It says here that the Pope's words were his strongest to date on the problem with homosexuality in the priesthood and follows on serious allegations that the church's problems with sexual abuse are rooted in the presence of a homosexual network among clergy and bishops. In a bombshell Report last August, the formal, uh, the former papal nuncio, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, tied the abuse crisis in the church as well as cover-ups by bishops to an extensive homosexual network in the church. These homosexual networks, which are now widespread, many dioceses, seminaries, religious orders, etc., act under the concealment of secrecy and lies and strangle innocent victims and priestly vocations and are strangling the entire church. The archbishop claimed that former Vatican Secretary of State's Cardinal Tarsicio Bertone had insisted present, uh, insistently, I'm sorry, insistently presented candidates known to be active homosexuals to be priests. The uh, cardinal whom Francis has appointed in position of influence also belonged to the homosexual current in favor of uh, in favor of subverting Catholic doctrine on homosexuality. So here's here's the here's the situation as I know it, and as me being in having been with the archdiocese uh, at one point as an employee there, and at one point also at the um, at the at the right hand of the bishop, uh, Archbishop Burke, when I was very proud to do so, but I was also ha- happy to leave, but not because of the of the of the cardinal of the archbishop, but I was happy to leave. Let's put it that way. I'll t- tell you word tell you that later on. But but at my at my time there, um, it was very uh, obvious, and it was it was. Um, First of all, I want to tell you one thing. The idea that homosexuality is the reason for the abuse in the church is absolutely a falsehood. This this idea that because because uh, boys and girls have been abused in in in, uh, in in the sexual abuse scandals, and and the idea that saying that because somebody's a homosexual makes them more prone to abusing children to me uh, is uh, although there have been studies that that have shown perhaps there is a tendency towards that if you go to any kind of uh, police blotter or any of this of that nature uh, you'll find that many of the sexual abuse perpetrators and convicts at least in general society are not homosexual they're heterosexual so so that so the idea that just being homosexual in itself puts you in a position where you could possibly be a danger to somebody or a danger to children is not a productive point of view 
you can have your disagreements or whatever you want with homosexuality, and I understand that, and we can we can talk about that. But the idea that being homosexual in itself is a predilector of molestation is is the wrong way to go. Now there might be in within a network of individuals who might be homosexuals who are preying on young people uh, within the within the churches, and that and that could be true. But anyway, that that's another that's another uh, that's another issue. But but again, there, this I think it's I think it's a it, it's a slightly dangerous assumption to make that because a person is homosexual, it makes them more likely to molest somebody. the 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 facts just simply don't bear out in general society. I'm not exactly sure how they might bear out in the priesthood, but uh, that that that's that's an indicator of potential to um, to molest somebody because, again, most of the people accused of sexual assault uh, and, and, and abusive children are heterosexuals, not homosexuals. So anyway, when I was there, um, there, there were homosexuals all over the joint. And that's just, that's just the fact. Uh, at the seminary, and beyond it was um it was a very common thing but in itself and 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 it's my it's my understanding and i i might be wrong about that but it's my understanding that that church teaching is that homosexuality in itself isn't wrong it's it's the act it's the homosexual act. It's acting on your homosexuality. It, it, it's uh, it's kind of like um, love the sinner, hate the sin. Um, you know they they uh, you know, and Jesus saying they're unable to marry part of the most. Uh, that's not true either. That that they're that they're. Um, Unable to marry that that that's that's the the idea somehow that that the only thing in between a guy and molesting somebody is a good wife. It's like that's the biggest bunch of baloney I've ever heard. But anyway, to my point, the uh, the the priesthood and the seminary are are they are full of homosexuals, and that's not a bad thing. These. But but the only – according to church teaching, the only bad thing is when they act upon their homosexuality. And you know what? Oddly enough, and this should not surprise you, if you're heterosexual, you can't act on your heterosexuality either as a priest. If you want to put it that way. So it's, it surprises me a little bit that the Pope says that there are no, there's no room for homosexuals in the priesthood, because it, because it was my understanding that the that the that it's the act that is the sinful action, not and and the prohibited action, not the just simply being. And again, that's why you know. You wouldn't run around a seminary trying to weed out. Hey, there's a homosexual over there. You get you, because because 
there are people, and I, I don't, I don't know what they do. I, I have no idea what they're doing with each other. But I do know for a fact that there are a lot of homosexuals in the seminary and in the priesthood here and all over the joint. But that doesn't mean that that they shouldn't be priests, in my, in my opinion, uh, because the the idea, at least with Catholic Church teaching, is that they you you are not to act on your homosexuality. Now, is that uh, is that a uh, reasonable expectation? Well, I don't know. Is it a reasonable expectation for a heterosexual to remain celibate? I mean, believe it or not, there are there are people in the priesthood. Uh, they are celibate. They they are they are people who do not have sex, and and their marriage is to the church, and they they are celibate. But but again. Uh, uh, the homosexual act and the and the heterosexual act are the same in the priesthood. You are to not engage in either one. So it surprises me that the Pope would would say that the uh, the homosexual homosexuality itself has no place in the priesthood. That surprised me because that's not generally what I had believed to be um, a. Uh, that, that, that I, that's not generally what I believe to be church teaching, but maybe I'm mistaken. I, all this time, maybe I'm not, maybe I wasn't aware of that. But, but it was my understanding that, that it's not a sin to be a homosexual, it's a sin to act out the homosexuality. Uh, but in the Catholic Church, you can't act out your heterosexuality either. So. I, I don't know. I don't know what what the issue is here, as long as you know whoever there's a talking keeps it wrapped up. I don't know. Is that a reasonable expectation? I don't know. The church has always been uh, very conservative about all this kind of stuff. I mean, hell, you go back to uh, you know the, a lot of lot of uh, it's interesting. A lot of liberals love to quote Saint Thomas Aquinas, uh, and and and. and I don't know whether they've actually read St. Thomas Aquinas' views on kissing or holding hands. <laughs> but, of course, this was also a medieval period of time, as you know. Uh, it was the 13th century. So, so, you know, there are a lot of people. It wasn't unusual to hold these views that were very, very uptight regarding physical contact with people. And 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 St. Thomas Aquinas was like, if you kiss somebody, you're sinning. Because St. Thomas Aquinas believed, and I'm kind of, uh, I am abbreviating this a little bit, but if you read St. Thomas Aquinas' viewpoints of human-to-human -human contact, uh, they were basically... Uh, he was basically saying that in the only reason for you to have any sexual contact with somebody is to have babies. That's it. There's no other reason to have sex or to have any physical contact unless you're having a baby. Procreation was the only 
reasonable defense for sexual contact. And again, that was the medieval period of time. So it wasn't only, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas who believed that there are people who actually kind of believe that who might not have been Catholic. I don't know. I'm just saying that he was very str- I mean, holding hands. Any sign of affection, uh, human physical affection was a sin, was sinful, prohibited behavior. That's what's that's from St. Thomas Aquinas. So believe me, I'm sure St. Thomas Aquinas uh, was not thrilled if there were would would not be thrilled about homosexuals in the priesthood any more than he be but 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 again he wouldn't be filled with heterosexuals in the priesthood who are acting out their 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 uh their behaviors or their viewpoints on the on these things and so again there have been years where people who have been you know who have been uh who have been celibate not how they do it, but they do. But there's, but but when you, but I'm not a pre, I'm not a person who has been called to the priesthood either. And there are there are people, uh, even though people find it hard to believe, but there are people who are clearly called to, to the priesthood by God, and none of this is a problem for them. Now uh, I remember being uh, back. With with the archbishop at the time, and and at that time again, there were there were the the, the problem of a homosexual being in a in a in a seminary or anything else was was never an issue unless people acted on it. Same thing if you were if you were a priest and you had a girlfriend, it would you you, you would be you wouldn't be allowed. So uh, one of the one of the things about the, we had a. A lot of priests, uh, and and many of them, you know, as as priests, the church would um, deal with issues they had that might be psychological or what have you, um, and and one of the big issues for some of the priests uh, that was the uh, was this, was the celibacy issue. It was very hard for them to, you know, to be celibate. And when it, when they and when they had celibacy issues, they would some of them would admit to them, and they would be addressed. And um, and 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 to to tell you how deep the um, to t- tell you how deep the situation is in terms of the church and how it views the priesthood. To tell you how deep that that. Uh, of a involvement that goes in terms of how the church views that is that when they refer to family members of the priest in question, and I, I noticed this during the um, during the review of you know the the psychological evaluations of some of the priests who were having problems. There were priests who had addictions and gambling addictions and alcohol addictions and things like that, that they had to, had to deal with. Um, and then they also had issues of, of, of that sometimes have family issues, uh, whether it be with sisters or brothers or whether it be with, uh, parents, it's just, it's the same. It's, it's, it's the same as any normal regular person. They just have problems that needed to be addressed and and uh, they would refer to the family of the priest. So if the priest had a mom or dad or sisters or brothers, they would refer to the – always they would refer 
to it as the family of origin. Now, that's interesting that they would call that the family of origin, but not when you realize what how the church looks at the priesthood. Uh, and, and so when you become a priest, you belong to the church. You are, you are, you are, you are the church's family. That you are family with the church, separate from your other family. You're married to the church. That's that's what you are. That's the bottom line. And so when um, when that when that happens. Uh, it's no wonder they call like the family you came from the family just the family of origin, not your family. That's how. That's how. Even in in their documentation of psychological evaluation, they also they refer to it as family of origin, because that's your family of origin, but it's not your family now. That's how it goes, people. That's that's the that's what the priesthood's all about. And people say, yeah, well, that's really you know, well, the priests choose that. Now, uh, I've, I've long maintained that the that the the reason the problem, and that's why I think it, it has been corrected of late. Many of these sexual abuse issues uh, are old, uh, and and might some some of them might be ongoing, but they don't have as much of a problem anymore. A lot of that has to do with the fact that priests don't go places they used to go anymore. They're they're, they're not even bothering with it, you know. I mean, a priest has to watch their back at a at a church picnic because you you don't want to be around. You know, it's 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 tough. They 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 don't want to be accused of anything, and so many of them kind of disappear, which is kind of sad. But that's the that's the way it goes. So the uh, I I believe that the problem in the past has always just been a problem of the mechanism by which they change priests parish to parish. And I, I believe to this day that the cycling of the cycling out of priests was quite possibly the thing that really laid the groundwork for any of the nefarious ones to do bad things. What I mean is they used to, uh, because the church was so covetous of its priests and because the church always wanted to make sure that the priests were uh, – not subject to cliques or didn't kind of become part of a, a parish family, so to speak, and, and didn't and didn't be didn't get any close relationships. So what they would do is they'd move the priests around a lot. So you'd be a priest in the parish for a year or two years. I can't really remember what the actual. I mean, there, there, I think there might be actual years, but there used to be where you. Uh, You'd go to a parish and you'd only be there like two years. Then they'd move you out and they'd move you to another parish. That was designed to uh, to keep the priests from getting too close to the parishioners. You're like, well, that's terrible. Uh, the, the, the priest should be very close. Well, sometimes it's fraught with – I don't know if any of you have ever been uh, to Protestant churches or whatever, and I, I've – been immersed in that, um, they become very clicky sometimes. And sometimes even the pastors or the reverends, you know, they they have their own little favorite group and they have their own little clique and they have their own little people that they talk to all the time. And 
their own little – it happens all the time. It happens everywhere anyway. It happens in businesses and it's, it's human nature. But yeah, some of them, they have their little groups and groupies and things like that. Well, the Catholic Church didn't want that to happen, so they moved these guys around a lot. But the problem with that was that if you were a nefarious pervert and an abuser, that was perfect because you'd be able to do whatever you were doing, and then uh, two years later, you'd be gone. They'd never see you again. So for the for the for the dark hearted, this was a perfect thing for them. It was a perfect vehicle for them because no one would ever really catch up with them. They do their thing, and 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 ten years down the road, that that um, person you attacked probably couldn't even remember your name because they didn't know you. There's no accountability, whatever. You're like, I'm gone in two years. I'll do whatever I want. Boom, out. It's actually kind of why I'm against term limits, but that's another story. I don't think I don't think being uh, detached from anything promotes a lot of good growth and good people. But nonetheless, uh, but but the, the but their purpose was to keep them from being too tight with people. So. For the for for the for the uh, for the dark-hearted person who wants to abuse people, it was perfect because they'd be moved around. That's why when you get these guys, uh, when you hear about these guys who have been accused of of being molesters or whatever, it's always in a church that they're not in anymore, or they they were not in it anymore. So it's always in one of their stops along the way, or maybe all their stops along the way, but they would, they would move them around and, 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 uh, and so they would, they would do whatever they're doing in every single church. And there was never any accountability, never any accounting. And they were able to kind of like, you know, slip through the cracks so that they have since adjusted that a little bit. And so priests tend to stay in the, in the churches a little longer, the parishes a little longer, these days and that's and that's that's helping matters and you know and they're also I think doing a better job of evaluating people coming in all, all that kind of stuff so I think I think they're doing a, a better job of it now but that's one of the reasons uh, why and 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 again um, the marriage the priest being married thing well if only this is a call this is why you have more uh, women priests or uh, priests should get married it's like no. Uh, that 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 assumes that 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 just because th- that the only thing standing again in between a molester and a and a victim is just some good woman. It's like nah, not not the case. And and again, the Pope's comments about homosexual priests is is actually kind of shocking to me because I because there are homosexual priests all over the joint. And they're good people, and they don't. They simply don't act on their homosexuality, and that was always the thing that was was bad for the church. I, I always thought that you know, as long as you didn't act on it, and that was not. It's like you know, um, and you you be you were fine, but apparently that's not the case. He says there's no, they have no they have no place in the priesthood, which is a little surprising to me because uh, because I got news for you, Mister Pope. They're all over the place, so. That's crazy. 
but they're really doing a um, – so we'll we'll find out more as this goes down the line. But again, um, and, and one of the reasons why actually the some of them wound up not being priests, wanting to be married is back in the old days, some priests would uh, – would, uh, would give the, the 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 churches and the stuff to their family members and things like that, and that they didn't have they didn't want any of that either. So that's how that all originated. But anyway, that's um that's a little behind the scenes look at the what's going on in the arts. I know a lot of you like be like it, like it when I talk about the inside scoop on uh, on the church. I'm not always right about everything, and and and, and I'm not exactly up on every element of catechism. And I, I didn't, I accidentally pushed Peter Sotero. I didn't intend to do that. Although I really like Peter Sotero. I like him better than I like Chicago. I was trying to find my theme. <laughs> when Peter Sotero came out. Yeah, here, let me... I just, I'll get pulled off anyway. I'm trying to find my theme. Sorry, Peter. I'm going to have to cut you off, brother. And say goodbye. Yes, everybody. Good morning. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios. It is. Radio Free Almond. Thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you to... Uh, Ricky Hall right there. Beautiful Rock Hill, Manchester and McKnight. NHQ.rocks is the website. Make sure you get uh, everything you need for your weight loss or your weight maintenance or your pre-workouts. All kinds of fantastic foods available to you as well. Protein pizzas. The crust is made out of chicken, y'all. Chicken. That's right, y'all. Chicken. Burritos. There's no tortilla there. It's chicken. That's what that is. NHQ.rocks. Thank you also to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there. Beautiful. Arnold off Vogel Road. Right on, people. Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME is the... Is the number there. Brandy, other examples, people saving hundreds of dollars on their car and home insurance. And also, life. And also, Michael Proctor, 45 years in the window fashion business. That's what he's all about. He's got his mobile design unit. You don't have to go anywhere. He comes right to you seven days a week. Interior designer, everything else, so... Congrats on 45, brother. Also, my people, how about Golden Oak Lending? 314-567-GOLD. The next two months, you don't have to pay any mortgage payment if you hook up with them for a refi. And you also get a free appraisal if you mention my name when you get a mortgage checkup. It's pretty good. 314-567-GOLD. Thank you, Lacey. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Chris. 
I'm just reading the last people Don't on here saying goodbye. Me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't fence me. Goodbye. Don't fence me. The Pooty Wellness to PootyWellness.com. Check out Champions Village, his brand new sports medicine location right there. Awesome guy. Rick and Tracy Ellis, thank you as well. TracyEllis.com. Talk to you tomorrow.